our youth featured two types of movies, the ones that awed and inspired us, and the ones that traumatized us well into adulthood. This is the story of one of those films. I went to heaven in a jamboree. They break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's mine on Halloween night. But when he goes to jogging across the land, holding noggin in his hand, demons take one look and groan in the hip. Welcome everyone to Clamshell Case Files, the podcast where we take a look back at the movies that scarred and inspired us. I'm the bad boy of Bridges, Quentin, with me as always, Ghoul Friday, Bridget. Hello. And Tarrytown, New York sweetheart, Matt. Have you all ever seen anything so sexy as a scarecrow? Because let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Apparently all the villagers of Sleepy Hollow have not. No, they just, they're just into scarecrows, you know? They want to stuff some scarecrows. <laughs> stuffed by some yeah, they do. scarecrows. Uh, we've got uh, Happy Halloween, everybody. If you're listening on the day this actually went up, it's Halloween. And if not, well, I hope you had a happy it's Halloween. It's no longer Halloween. It's no longer, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and for, for Halloween, we have uh, a Sleepy Hollow uh, a, a triple feature for everybody. That's right. Three versions of Sleepy Hollow. The Legend not of Sleepy Not even Night. all the versions. Actually, definitely not all of the versions. Oh, God, no, no, no. no. I was thinking. so many. I was like, oh, we should have done the Alone and the, the, uh, the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. That's like a sequel to The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, where King <laughs> moves to Sleepy Hollow. Uh, hey, before we get into this, I wanted to do a little upfront cross promotion. Uh huh. Because if you're listening to this episode, and you like the stuff we do, you should listen to the last episode of World of Commotion where we cover Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. I will say, I think uh, we all felt the fear of not having a fun facts Bridget around. <laughs> and so we all came with a bunch of information on deleted scenes and, and <laughs> like behind the scenes stuff. I feel like it ended up being pretty informative. Also, we mentioned Clamshell like 16 times on that episode. Aww. So I thought Turnabout would be fair play. <laughs> but uh, but what three versions of Sleepy Hollow are we covering today? So we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the, the Sleepy Hollow segment from uh, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, the 1949 Disney medley film. Uh, and in my opinion, the worst of the two pieces of that film. <laughs> that's all i've got to say about uh, i mean we're not here to talk mr toad but i mean yeah off the dome probably don't disagree with that also I, I, i'd also like to say file a complaint that mr toad and ichabod do not in fact meet not at all at all no, no. <laughs> despite the fact that the title implies that they will because 
they're on an adventure together. Yeah. Well, no, it, to be fair, just say Bullshit. adventures. So they could be like, up, up, up. We said there are multiple adventures. There are two adventures. <laughs> Never shall they cross. They're, they're near each other in the library. I like that Basil Rathbone and 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 uh, Bing Crosby never like really meet. Like there's no back and forth between them. It just picks up where Bing Crosby's like, well, I guess that Mr. Toad is pretty crazy. But let me tell you a crazy <laughs> I'm sure story. they knew each other in real life, though, because Basil Rathbone, is that his name? Yeah. He's like a, he was like a big deal. Yeah, he, he played Sherlock Holmes for a yeah. long time. Yeah. That was his thing. Uh, the other version we're looking at is the the Rabbit Ears publications uh, telling of Sleepy Hollow, narrated by Glenn Clo- Glenn Close. Um, I could call Rabbit it animated, Ears was but that a would be big deal thing. They had four seasons of it on Showtime. Oh wow, really? And it's like actors from like Denzel Washington to Meryl Streep to like like. Everybody, Max von Sydow, like, yeah, and the music was done like this one was done by you know we'll get into it, but like UB40 did yeah, an episode. I, I was looking at the website and it's like we've got Herbie Hancock soundtracks, baby. <laughs> because at the end of this, they're like, oh, the soundtrack uh, is available, and I was like, who the fuck cares? And I was like, oh well, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and then finally, we'll be watching. We'll be talking about. Uh, Tim Burton's 1999 Sleepy Hollow starring Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci and a whole bunch of other people that I just forgot were in that movie. It's like it's everybody a cast. It yeah. is a stacked cast. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to drop this hot take at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, this is the movie that made me stop enjoying Tim Burton movies. And I rewatching it. I'm like, I. I couldn't articulate it when I was 16, but I can now, especially with like Tim Burton's further filmography past this movie uh i, I i'm sorry did you have more to add on no no like no no i mean it gets okay. it gets way i sleepy hollow is I, fine it's fine it's not like i don't think it's good but it's like whatever um he may he tim burton has made much much worse films since uh, but it's hard yeah, to coming off my favorite tim burton movie mars attacks and then rolling into sleepy hollow um, I feel like this might be a Matt and Bridget against Quentin episode. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. No, no. I So the only thing I have to say to that, and I was thinking about it while watching this movie earlier, and obviously we're going to get into all this stuff, but uh, uh, I feel weirdly like a Tim Burton defender. I acknowledge mistakes he's made along the way. I don't think it's, I mean, with the exception of that vampire one, which I never even got around to watching. Oh my God. Uh, what was I, the... What was the vampire one? Oh, uh, it's it's uh, Dark Shadows. Yeah, oh, Dark Shadows. Like, oh, everything I, I read I, sounded I was thinking abysmal. It's awful. I never. So, well, like everything but that. We're not going to talk about Dumbo. We're not going to talk about Planet of the Apes. Uh, well, no. What I'm what I'm saying is is that I, I'm not saying all the movies they made were good. I just don't think they're as bad as other people make oh, them out to be disagree i and, think planet of the apes and and is one of the worst I, films you know, I've honestly, ever i forget seen. about planet of the apes I'll, I'll give you planet of the apes i forget about that one and i saw that one in the theater and did not love it um i like this movie i i, 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 I like, like it i also i and i make some notes about it when we're going through the movie he pulls out a lot of tim burton 
standard tricks That's, in this movie. So my uh, we'll get into it more when we get into it but like i that's my thing is like this movie feels like it's gotten all of the life sucked out of it to me like like he pulls out this like he's like a band coming out being like i know you want to hear the hits here they are and like there's just like <laughs> no like it feels like there's like zero passion to any of it in this movie to me and it's just like so bummed out when you're like mars attacks is like gleeful and it's like weird obsession with kitsch which is like burton's bread and butter you know like but i mean i feel like that's part of the movie he's trying to make he's trying to yeah. make a kid-friendly horror movie sleepy hollow is not a kid-friendly horror movie it's rated r it's rated r but it feels like he's trying to make a kid-friendly horror movie no i feel like <laughs> i'm not he... saying that the rating goes with it but i disagree with that but we'll get into it Anyway, anyway, let's jump this back to 1949 because we got a lot of ground to cover here. <laughs> so but we haven't even gone Dis to Bing Crosby facts yet. Come on. <laughs> so yeah, Disney's That's The Legend of Sleepy in. Hollow. We open with a jazzy number saying the name of both animations. And we're first going to go to Mr. Toad, which we are going to skip entirely for now. Maybe we'll come around to it again soon. We don't know. But in the meantime, this was already touched on and, uh, uh, Let's hear Bing picking up the narration. Speaking of fabulous characters, England has produced a bumper crop of them. But don't forget, over here in the colonies, we've managed to come up with a few of our own. How about Paul Bunyan, Pecos Bill, Johnny Appleseed, Black Bart, Davy Crockett, Daniel Boone, and of course, the one and only Ichabod Crane. Old Icky, if you recall, was the country schoolmaster, dreamed up by Washington Irving. Oh, he had a way with a yarn, did Mr. Irving. Uh, so the Can anyone else smell the whiskey on his breath as he's yeah, like... Yeah, <laughs> yes. Actually, he actually, like, was a super drunk when he was a kid. And he actually, like, before he was an adult, got, like, stopped drinking alcohol and didn't, as far as I, as far as oh. I can tell, didn't drink alcohol interesting now that's not to say he wasn't blowing lines or doing whatever you know what i mean it was like, really a white christmas if you know what i mean yeah exactly i my my uh, i can't do ben crosby and i just sound like ringo star <laughs> awful <laughs> terrible uh so we're just off the hudson river in a foreboding place called sleepy hollow uh this is very interesting a man confused for a scarecrow which we joked a little bit about at the top uh wanders into town with his nose deep in a book uh we had discussed this a little through text ahead of time the opening of this uh beauty and the beast pulls so much from this except ichabod is kind of the bell in this situation and we're even going to have our own proto gaston in here so he's like nose deep in a book not even looking where he's going we meet the leader of the Sleepy Hollow Boys, Brom, who is apparently mischievous and a prankster, but he's still a hero that everybody loves. And he buys everyone beer because he's a cool dude. Yeah, bro. Uh, as they say in the, this mischievous with no malice. I kind of forgot until I started watching this and then I like stopped it to go like poke at the original story where I was like, I just always thought Brom was an asshole. And I'm like, Brom seems all right. In all honesty, in the first two versions of this, yeah. Brom is probably, uh, I don't know, it's weird to say it's the most pure character, but Ichabod and Katrina both have 
very clear ulterior motives. I know. And yeah. Brom just mm-hmm. seems like a dude who's like, I'm in this for love. I yeah, that's why I'm like, Brom, bro, don't marry her. <laughs> like, you can, right, do, right, you can right. do better. Oh, he's just a guy that gets jealous. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what it is. And, yeah. and like, I, I can't, I don't know. Like, but to I'm be sure many like, guys would act the same way. He's also right in his jealousy. Of course he's right in his and concern. And she well, knows and that, then, which is why she's doing it, because she's trying to get him to commit to her. The, this, yeah. Yeah, the second one basically blatantly says all Brom needed to do was put a ring on it, and he just hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he probably didn't, because in. I assume they're both like 17. Right, right, right. Oh, well, it's a Disney thing. Yeah, they're probably 14, actually. <laughs> and back then, like, if you came from a rich family, which clearly he did, and clearly she did, yeah. like, there's all negotiating when they marry off. Like, two rich right. people can't just find ah. each other in the wild and get married right. in the 1700s. Do you know what I mean? Where's right. my dowry? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but anyway, Brom is going to get his first look at Ichabod, and we're going to get a real feel for how this Disney one goes. Odd bodkins get zoo. Look at that old scoop of spoon. Who's that coming down the street? Are they shovels or are they feet? So while he's walking through town with his nose buried in a book, uh, he still manages to avoid walking under a ladder and stop a black cat from walking in front of him. Very gracefully, I might add. But the thing with Ichabod in these first two versions is that he is very, very superstitious, um, which Tim Burton is going to take a slightly different angle on when we get there. Um, But the ladies in this version, man, the ladies are all about his style. He finds hidden pies in his books. Um, And then he, uh, we find out he's a school teacher. And so in this Disney version, they bring up his whooping stick, which um, he almost beats the crap out of a kid, but then instead starts using the stick to peek into kids' lunch boxes and see what type of food they have, because it becomes very clear above all else what beanpole Ichabod really cares about is food. Yeah. The dude's got like a, a, a worm inside of him or something because he he weighs like 100 pounds, but still eats like whole turkeys and then pulls another chicken leg out of his pocket as a snack afterwards. Yeah, he's like basically uh, wacko Warner. Yeah. Also. Like getting back to Bing Crosby's mean spirited song <laughs> he was just singing. Yeah. Like it's Bing Crosby is listed as five feet seven inches, which is fine, yeah. but he's in but they all lie about their height heights in right. Hollywood. Right. So he's, so he's probably, probably like, like five, my five. height. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder if that's why, you know, he's saying mean things about okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. What a short piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I I don't like Ichabod Crane in this version. He's kind of a douche. 
but like very much but like come on like low blow there's plenty of other shit you can get a, you can talk about with ichabod but you're just like you have fucking nose and those feet <laughs> shovels for feet shovels for yeah. feet uh yeah they really do hark on his appearance and then and then yeah like he's well, just after oh no go ahead finish no 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 but I was just going to say, well, I they do dwell on that kind of stuff through the whole thing. Because when you then you get the Katrina mm-hmm. opening, which is horny as fuck. Yeah. Like, they're like <laughs> yeah. Well, and then at the dance, too, we're going to get a very opposite situation of Katrina as well. Um, because a lady happens to be larger and Brahm's just going to try and use her. But yeah. we're not quite there yet uh, because... Ichabod is teaching ladies how to sing and they just swoon and Brom tries to play a prank by having a dog howl while he's singing, but it just, but it just drives the ladies crazier. And so then we see the ladies passed out in pleasure wink while Ichabod's taking those calories. Maybe that's why he needs all the calories. Maybe he's getting so much of a workout uh, with the ladies. He needs all those calories. He's like the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Three showers a day. Uh, well, you, you got <laughs> Wait, it. We get those meat sweats from, from eating so much. The, the rock <laughs> takes three showers a day in addition to like the, the 30,000 calories or whatever he eats. Uh, but he's going to see Katrina Van Tassel for the first time. Uh, and she's kind of like Belle as well he, he, for animation purposes. Uh, but no, she's, she's sleeping both, beauty. Well, she's Belle to both Brahm and Ichabod. Okay. We're like the yeah. way Gaston is after Belle, Brahm is but after she's Katrina. literally the same animation, sleeping beauty. I mean, Disney didn't very vary it up on ladies much back then. Well, no, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, so Katrina's going to get a musical number on her powers of feminine persuasion, and we're going to be told that basically she knows she's hot and she's going to use that to get stuff from guys. And Ichabod <laughs> is so enamored with her, he puts a turkey on his head and eats his hat. Um, and and then after he sees Katrina, he does not. He's the school teacher who does not bother teaching kids anymore. He just lets them go wild while he hides behind his desk. Except now he's not only thinking about how hot Katrina is. He's also thinking about her very rich father who's got a very wealthy farm and how if he marries Katrina, he's going to be super rich. Ichabod is a straight up gold, yeah, digger, he's a gold digger in this version. Although I do like in this version, he's less concerned about like the money and more concerned about he's like that food can turn into cooked food that i can he, eat he really really does like the food truth to say every portal to katrina's heart was jealously guarded by a host of rustic admirers <laughs> but ichabod was confident he'd soon ride roughshod over these simple country bumpkins excuse me the most formidable obstacle of all however the schoolmaster had failed to reckon with that was the redoubtable Brom Bones himself. Now the ease with which Brom cleared the field of rivals both piqued and provoked the fair Katrina. 
and she often wished that some champion would appear and for once take the field openly against the boisterous Brahm. So Ichabod sweeps in and does just that. But then we get into some stuff where like Ichabod is trying to put a coat down over a river for Katrina to walk over, but Brahm rides up and splashes mud all over him. Um, but Katrina turns around and drops her kerchief for Ichabod. So he races Brahm to give it to her. And at multiple points after this, Brahm is ready to just get into fisticuffs with Ichabod, which is going to be a very one-sided fight. Um, but Ichabod through various series of things, like sometimes he is, is knowingly like putting packages like Katrina's packages into Brahm's hands. Other times it's just dumb luck that he gets out of getting beaten up. Um, and to the point that, uh, Ichabod ends up walking Katrina into her house and Brahm is peeking in through the window. Katrina sees Brahm peeking in. So she stares him down while she gives Ichabod a flower. And then Brahm gets all disheveled and turns and all he hears is kissing noises. Uh, what he never knows is that it's just Ichabod kissing a flower, but it's enough to drive him up a wall. So then he's really ready to beat up Ichabod. But uh, Katrina's looking and then we get more superstition stuff with like Ichabod finding a, a horseshoe and tossing it and it hits Brom. And... Yeah. Yeah. Classic, classic love tale. <laughs> it was upon the occasion of her father's annual Halloween frolic. Katrina again chose to stir the embers of the smoldering rivalry. Thus, one invitation in particular carried a most personal and provocative summons. So she writes an extra sexy letter to Ichabod just to, to fan the flames. And Ichabod's going to look in the mirror and tell himself he's good enough and smart enough, etc. And we go to the party where Ichabod is cutting a rug while, while uh, Brom just pouts onto this up to the side um and even in the narration brahm admits to himself he's like you know what ichabod's a smooth operator like ichabod's dancing and then while he's not looking reaches behind him and lights katrina's dad's pipe and like everything brahm tries to do at this point to mess him up ichabod just like dances right around so this is where brahm sees a a, a larger single woman who like at first he looks at her and she looks at him so hopefully and he stares her in the eye and just shudders and just is like so disgusted that she even looked at him. But then he realizes he can ask her to dance so he can try and like get in that situation where he passes her off to Ichabod and takes Katrina to himself. But it's all unsuccessful. So he tries to lock the woman outside. <laughs> uh, and just more antics <sighs> ensue. Brom doesn't prevail. Uh, until it's, uh, story time. But when the hour grew late, Van Tassel always called upon his guest to tell him ghostly tales of Halloween. And Brown knew what a there weird was thing. no more firm, potent believer in spooks and goblins than Ichabod Crane. And so we heard a little bit of this at the show's intro, Brom through song tells this very scary story. And now it should be noted. This one's taking place on Halloween because the second one doesn't seem to be. Um, mm. So Katrina laughs at the story of a headless man while Ichabod is just sweating, which again, as Quentin mentioned, could be from all the meat he's eaten. We're not right, entirely yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, and then Brahms last warning is like rush to that bridge. If you get across the bridge, you're going to be fine. But if you don't make it to the bridge, he's going to get you. <laughs> So 
at the witching hour. Ichabod heads home. This is the part that I love because it's like all these creepy trees. Like he's trying to keep his spirits up by whistling, but things start whistling back. There's this one tree that just straight up looks like a ghost, but it's only because part of the tree is illuminated and there's two lightning bugs that are like making up the eyes. So it like looks like a ghost. This is the part of it, of it that I really enjoy. Um, but uh, after Ichabod thinks that he's hearing rushes, rushing hooves and it really turns into like, what are those things like, like re- kind of nine like, tails? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, like, re- that was my favorite part where they're like drubbing. In rhythm. <laughs> like, it's good. So he just has a moment of mania. He starts laughing. He's laughing with his donkey gunpowder. I'm not sure they ever actually say the name gunpowder in this one until another laughter joins in because the headless, headless horseman is coming for blood and swinging a big old sword. And so we get a lot of animation comedy antics that it's pointless to try and, you know, explain. Basically, Ichabod does a lot of improperly riding of the donkey. It's all fine. Um, But weirdly, a character with no head continues to laugh a whole lot. (laughs) Ichabod, he sees the bridge. He's like making a break for it. And he actually does make it across. But that doesn't stop the horseman from throwing a flaming jack-o'-lantern at him. And so the jack-o'-lantern hits him in the face, explodes. The next morning, all they find is his hat and pieces of a pumpkin. And Katrina and Brom get married. And then Bing's going to take us on home. Now, rumors persisted that Ichabod was still alive, married to a wealthy widow in a distant county. But, of course, the good Dutch settlers refused to believe such nonsense. For they knew the schoolmaster had been spirited away by the headless horseman. Yeah! <laughs> He's out looking for a head to swap, so don't try to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Man, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, the the last note on this one is, uh, by the way, this one's told the Headless Horseman's real and really came at. See, I didn't get that at all. Mm. I still, I still, it's still, it's totally, it's just, uh, it's just Brom. I see in this one, I don't think it is. In the second one, and obviously the Johnny Depp one is completely different. Right. You know, they, they definitely hint that it's Brom in that one, but I, you know, I expect it to be Brom, yeah. but this one gives no indication that it is him. I think it all I, the I indication is in that, like, exactly the thing Brom says in the story happens, essentially, except for, you know, the flaming pumpkin, jack o Yeah, I don't know. And then it's Bridget. like, suddenly he's gone. Weird. Um. Well, I just assume since it was a jack o it has to be Brom, you know? Not actually, but I don't know. I don't know, maybe. In the original story, they imply it's Brom too, right? It's like, it's, yeah, which it's, it's more Sorry. like the second one. Yeah. Where it's just like, it, was, it, it never says one way or another, but it's like, it's Brom. It's totally yeah. Brom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I was about to say a big difference with the second one, but we'll get into that. In it's just set. that Mr. Toad got, he had, he had headless mania. And he chopped off his head and got really into riding horses <laughs> mm-hmm. and throwing jack o Also, we didn't mention, but when he's laughing all hysterically, it's 
Mel Blanc, actually. Yes. <laughs> laughing. Yes. Uncredited. Oh, right. I I was like, well, that's so weird until I, I watched. I saw it before I watched it and then realized, like, Ichabod just never actually speaks. Mm. Only through, like, narration. and you know. Yeah. So. Pulled in the big guns to get that laugh. I mean, I, I did. So, Ron's like, he's, he's just Gaston, right? You, you had mentioned that, right? Yeah, basically. But yeah. he's like, it, it sure feels like it. Well, well, I did see that they did draw whatever. So, like, she drew inspiration from this. Oh, no, he, he did, not him, not her, but the it seems animator. Like- there's like an interesting amount of inspiration from these movies in other movies. Like, you know, we didn't talk about it, but the, the weasels in the Mr. Toad portion are like clearly the inspiration for the weasels in Roger Rabbit. Mm. Like they move exactly the same way. They were like gangsters, like, and I had never made that connection until I was like, yeah. And, and I mean, to the, to the point about like sleeping beauty, like it's also well known that, you know, not so much anymore because of how animation's changed, but you know, especially through the sixties and the seventies, Disney absolutely reused animation yeah. and just repainted it as different characters because you know what? Animation's hard. It takes a lot of time. And sometimes it makes more sense to do that. I don't get why everyone thinks it's such a big deal, but anyway, that's just me. I looked it up and it seemed like it's not listed. There are a couple others that they stole from Bambi and the old mill, but like it, some of those dance sequences seemed very familiar to me. I mean, they could also be referencing the same. Um, one thing that I don't think a lot of people realize right. that for Disney animation, like there's two things that animators classically did. One was look at themselves in a mirror to see how they acted and draw that out. And the other thing was to actually just film people doing things like Alice in Wonderland. They filmed a bunch of stuff for that, for the animators to just like look at as reference yeah. and draw. So, I mean, yeah. there's always possibility <laughs> that they did stuff like that. too. There, there's my favorite behind the scenes for Lion King, where it's just a bunch of animators like. 20 feet away from a real lion that's sitting on a pedestal and they're just like <laughs> the lion's just like yawning staring at them that's great yeah. I feel like this must have come on like you know in those free Disney weeks or whatever when you have the Disney channel for like a week or something like that Cause I know I've seen this a bunch of times yeah same you know they, what I mean? cho- they chopped it up at some point and they would like air the two specials separately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd seen both of them, but never together like this. Like I never right. saw the like RKO Pictures presents the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And this was actually the first time I had seen the Mr. Toad one. I'd only seen the Sleepy Hollow one. I was obsessed with Mr. Toad as a kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you guys want to jump into The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Rabbit Ears storybook classics narrated by Glenn Close, as it's titled on YouTube? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so this one we're going to open on a horsey weather bane while Glenn Close is asking us if we believe in ghosts. If you travel up the Hudson River from noisy and crowded New York City, you will come to a cozy little valley hidden away among high hills where time seems to have stopped. The people who live here are the families of the first Dutch settlers. They like their old ways and see no reason to change or to leave their quiet farmland to travel to the big cities of the outside world. 
I've heard it said that long before the first white man came, an old Indian chief cast a magic spell on the land. Uh. <laughs> the the cutscene from this one is where Brom is grabbing Van Tassel. He's like, "You move the headstones, but you never move the bodies." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good reference. Thank you, Quentin. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this one, I mean, you can hear the big difference in tone uh, as we start up this one. And um, I don't know if we've actually alluded to it here. I think you guys, well, I mean, in the title, it's mentioned that it's storybook. This is very lightly animated. Like yeah. there's some yeah. animation that happens, yeah. but it's it's like two frames a second animation that it's happens. Like, and it, even that's rare. It's yeah. like watching an episode of Reading Rainbow, but with a, you know what I mean? Like it's the same yeah. sort of low animation sort of i mentioned it on the my pet monster episode like a year ago but i i there i had a a story a tape of my pet monster that was like very similar to this where it was like clearly like a, a golden storybook that they just mm -hmm. kind of like animated where they would like cut out one thing and like move it across the screen or something and it's added sound effects mostly yeah so yeah in this version uh ichabod is also confused with a scarecrow uh, but there's a major difference in this one in that Ichabod does beat the shit out of the children with a yeah. stick and tells them to say thank you. Yeah. And as Glenn Close says, he wasn't being cruel, spare the rod, spoil the child. He's just teaching them well. Uh, and then also, I just want to follow up with, with the Disney one. It's like, well, he especially was interested in the kids with moms who were good cooks in this version. He walked the youngest children home, especially those with pretty sisters. The youngest children in this are like five. Yeah. I don't think he should be talking about their sit. Now, granted, this is like the 1800s where families had to have 14 kids because most of them were going to die off. So maybe they did have older sisters. And, and that's the way this portrayed it. But it still was just a very weird line to yeah. get across. Absolutely. It's super weird. Uh, I think this might be a good place to, to tell you guys. I mentioned... Uh, before we started that uh, I had my stage acting debut in a production of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> <gasps> really? As what? Uh, Are you Brom? I can see you. Oh yeah, Brom. totally. Yeah. No, no. So, <laughs> so I, uh, he was Bing Crosby. I was Bing Crosby. I was, <laughs> I was abusing children like Ichabod Crane. Um, <laughs> no, no. So like this is in fifth grade and like this local, I think they went around to different schools and like, Massachusetts, but they would put on productions of, you know, classic stories. And one of them was the one that my school had them do was Sleepy Hollow. Um, but there were only like five of them. So like multiple people are playing like multiple roles and stuff. Um, but in, for the school children, they just picked like five of us and they were like, you're the school kids. And I got a line. I wish I could remember it, but I don't, <laughs> you know, at this point, Jesus, <laughs> like like 28 years ago but like uh i we got i got to like shit talk ichabod and talk about how like nice. fucking dumb and weird he is but then ichabod <laughs> comes up behind my friend and i who, who were like we like leave our little like seats our desks and we go up to the front of the stage and i'm like i've heard this weirdo is like blah 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 i've heard this weird blah 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 and then ichabod smashed our heads together and someone off stage had a coconut to, two halves of coconut <laughs> and then i got to like stagger around going whoa however i almost fell off the stage because i uh young quentin could not see much like adult quentin 
uh, with his glasses. <laughs> but these motherfuckers who are like local theater people were like, well, your glasses aren't uh, period appropriate. Yeah. Oh, my. oh they, my God. And I was like, I cannot see without these. You want me to hit marks on the stage. So like my friend had to like put his hand on my back to like direct me to like where I was supposed to be standing. And oh then when God. I got really into as a 10 year old, like, I'm being goofy. I got hit in the head. Like I almost, I almost ate it. It was pretty close. Wow. But anyway, even in that version, Ichabod is an abuser. <laughs> Amazing. But, but for some reason, and even though I was just harping on the, especially those with pretty sisters lines, the next scene we get is some of the kids' moms yelling at those same sisters to start cooking up a storm because Ichabod is a hot ticket item because the way he uses his whooping stick or whatever, I don't know. Uh, you know what they say about also, men with whooping sticks? Hmm? I said, you know what they say about men with whooping sticks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Bridget, Bridget heard that twice and frowned both times. <laughs> uh, and then I, I do... So in the first one, they did specifically say country bumpkins. And then in this one, it's like, and apparently the local boys were jealous of Ichabod's education. Um, <laughs> so really hyping up the country bumpkin thing. Yeah. Although I'm assuming it's the education from mystery who has come up way too many times on this podcast recently, but it's not going to stop. All these uh, fucking, you know, pickup artists, in these movies were watching throughout the years. I mean, I can't help what Ichabod is. Side note, we but, need a uh, pickup artist in whatever movie we're doing. Wait, sorry, one more time? I said we need a pickup artist in, in whatever movie we're doing. Side oh, note. yes. <laughs> From here on out. Yeah. And, every, and everyone. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like the actual productions. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, that's going to be Bridget's role. <gasps> uh. <laughs> Get yourself like a big old necklace and a fuzzy hat or something. <laughs> and start negging uh, John just to just get in character. Oh, I do that anyway. <laughs> uh, so in this version, uh, as opposed to Brom telling a scary story on Halloween, like I said, in this one, it doesn't seem like it ever gets to actually Halloween. At least they, I don't think they ever say it. Yeah. Uh, so in this one, when he's not hitting on all the sisters, he's hanging out with the Dutch wives hearing tales of ghosts and goblins. It was, they said, the ghost of a Hessian trooper who during the Revolutionary War had his head shot off by a cannonball. They buried his body in the churchyard, said one old dame. But they never found his head, added another. His ghost rides out in the gloom of the night to the old battlefield where he searches for his lost head. And then he thunders back along the roads as if on the wings of the wind until he reaches the church bridge where he vanishes in a flash of fire and brimstone. When I'm like a hundred, I want to be sitting around just telling like weird, like, nonsense stories to whoever will gather around me. And yes. then the cannonball took off his head. They weren't using cannonballs when you were around grandma. <laughs> it was a cannonball, I said. I seen it. Uh, I just also want to say Glenn Close fucking rules. Like she's getting into it. 
Those voices, oh, yeah. absolutely. It's great. I feel like this, like the sound, like sound effects in this one, like creeped me out as a kid. Yeah, they they're really don't... leaning into them for yeah. sure. Well, I mean, it's what they got, right? I mean, they got to lean into that stuff because the drawings themselves are only doing so much of the work. I just picture this is what they got Herbie Hancock to do. He's just going Ooh, into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ichabod makes a scary walk home where he's spooked by the shadows, but it's cool. We get to sunrise and then he's going to get summoned to the home of Baltus Van Tassel, where he humble brags, where Baltus humble brags about all no is well. shit, right? In, and it's a, a very long winded say because like he basically pulls out an itemized list of yeah. everything that he owns yeah. just so he can tell Ichabod, but my greatest treasure is my daughter, Katrina. Uh-huh. Uh, and they want him to give her singing lessons. So between the cash, the fat stacks of food, and the rosy-cheeked like a peach Katrina? Like her dad's peaches. That how, Oh, it's really <laughs> gross the way they say it. It is not wholesome at all. Uh, so yeah, Ichabod's uh, hungry. Um, however, we find out that Brahm is also on the hunt for the heart of Katrina. Uh, and he's also portrayed in this one as a mischievous hero. Uh, he's courted Katrina for a long time, but this is where we hear that he's never actually put a ring on it. So Ichabod decides he's going to get into a courting war. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so Brom talks to his friends about beating Ichabod up. Uh, and then he and his sleepy hollow boys just play pranks on Ichabod. One of the pranks is putting a live skunk in his desk so that it sprays him with skunk juice, which is very unfortunate because they hadn't invented tomato juice back then. Yeah. Tomatoes, a recent 20th century plant. A lot of people don't know. One fine autumn afternoon, as Ichabod sat watching over his schoolroom, a messenger came clattering up to the door. Master Crane, <laughs> you are hereby invited to attend the merrymaking quilting frolic to be held this very evening at the home of the Van Tassels. All was now hustle and hubbub. Books were flung aside and the whole school was turned out an hour early. The gallant Ichabod spent at least an extra half hour arranging his locks and brushing his best and only suit. Meanwhile, Brom's going to arrive to the party on his horse, Daredevil. Uh, and what I really love is that in an upcoming scene, of the light animation that it had in this film, you just see Brom in the background just doing yeah, tricks yeah. on his horse <laughs> over a barrel. It's so uh, good. I love it. Uh, so Ichabod's going to walk in, and this must be a Van Tassel sort of thing because Katrina also has an itemized list for all the 100 foods they have at the party that Ichabod is going to want to eat. And this is where we do see Brom going around in the background. And once again, the dancing's going to begin and Ichabod's going to cut a rug with Katrina while Brahms a wallflower. Uh, this time the dancing's going to end. It's time for more ghost stories. But this time they're telling the story of the lady in white. What? Yeah, crazy. No, it's actually the, the woman in white. And this one froze to death in the snow. And you can still hear her shrieks mm. on a cold, snowy night. <laughs> That creeped me out so bad when I was a kid. <laughs> For some reason. I don't know. It's just weird. 
Uh, Brom is going to break in once again with a reminder of the headless horseman. Uh, but, but the reason he's breaking in with it is, 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 is because last night, did y'all hear just last night, the headless horseman tried to kill a dude, Terry from down the block working at the soda shop, but he didn't get him because he got to the bridge first. <laughs> so once again, at the wicked witching hour, Ichabod leaves. We get a far, far less impressive sequence of Ichabod <laughs> being scared on his ride home. Uh -huh. Uh, and Gunpowder, uh, who is named this time, and will come up again in the Tim Burton one, uh, refuses He's part to of the original story, you know? He is. He, they, they named horses in the original one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's too afraid to cross this really tiny bridge, and that's when Ichabod's going to get his first glimpse of the horsemen, and then the chase will begin. As they came to the top of a hill, the dark figure could be seen clearly against the sky. The stranger was headless. Not only that, he carried his severed head in front of him on the saddle. Ichabod's terror rose to desperation. He showered kicks and blows on the terrified gunpowder who leapt into action. But the specter started full jump with him. Away they dashed, stones flying, sparks flashing at every bound. Now, it's worth noting that in this version, they do say... The horseman carries his head multiple times, but the illustrations are all a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. They are not illustrations of yeah, a severed yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Realistically, though, with some of the rest of this one, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had just animated a severed head. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so Ichabod once again makes it across the bridge, looks back and hoping that the horseman is gone, but... Ichabod cast a look behind, hoping to see the ghostly horseman vanish in a flash of fire and brimstone. Instead, he saw the goblin rising in his stirrups, in the very act of hurling his head at him. Ichabod tried to dodge, but too late, it hit him with a tremendous crash! I mean, I mean, for real, how different is this illustration if it's a severed head flying at Ichabod <laughs> that hits him and knocks him off the horse? Yeah. So much better if it is. <laughs> uh, so dawn breaks the next morning. Gunpowder's back home. Ichabod can't be found anywhere. Once again, they find the hat and the shattered pumpkin. But in this version, they show them dredging the river and talk <laughs> about how they never found a body. Mm -hmm. um, so, of course, it's time for Katrina and Brahm's wedding. And this time, people wonder if Katrina was just using Ichabod to get Brahm to propose. Match. Uh, and then people also wonder if Brom knew about the horse more about the horseman than he let on. And they do like show a picture of Brom with like a smirk on his face. Like I'll never tell. And then we hear from old drunk Hans who <laughs> says he found Ichabod alive at a place where once, once again, it's a rich widow and she makes really good food, but who believes the old drunkard? <laughs> so Let's go ahead and uh, take us home, Glenn, or uh, Glenn Close. The old country wives, however. I'm sorry. I have to stop that sound effect because I fully expected to get booed for that one. Anyway, here we go. Now, Bridget and I were into it. <laughs> the old country wives, however, who are the best judges of these matters, maintain that Ichabod was spirited away by supernatural means. To this day, 
the local people swear that on crisp autumn evenings in the road by the church bridge, you can still hear the echo of hoofbeats and see rushing by like mist blown by the wind the ghosts of Ichabod Crane and the headless horsemen of Sleepy Hollow. And, uh, yeah, now we go back to the same horse at the beginning, but now it's got Ichabod on yeah. it. It's weird telling me to order the book on Troll Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> also join Columbia House. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby I mean, yeah, McFerrin did a bunch of these episodes, too. That was the other one. Who did Bobby McFerrin? Oh. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. There were 63 episodes of this. It's crazy. First one was uh, Velveteen Rabbit, which is Meryl Streep. But that, like Robin Williams did one. John Candy did one. It's crazy. The money in publishing. So crazy. Also, I'm willing to bet these are so short. It was a day's recording. They probably just had to pay them the, a little over a day rate to show up. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I was really like looking into the people like, you know, the artist is Robert Van Nutt. And I really wanted to like find some juicy gossip about him because his, his name's Robert Van Nutt and it would make me laugh. <laughs> so wouldn't it be cool if I was like, Robert Van Nutt is a blah, blah, blah. You know, it would it would have been fun, but I didn't find yeah. anything. But he's basically the guy that illustrated all the books we read when we were kids. I actually very much like the illustration style. And it might just be because like it's comforting to me because it reminds me of like like 17 books I read as a kid. But Exactly. Well, that's what it is. Because yeah. I was looking up his books and like the ugly duckling book that he's done yep. is definitely the one I read when I was a kid. And like, yep, it's crazy. I did like that one. As soon as you said it, it like came jumped to my mind. And I was like, shit, I remember that exact book. And yep. I remember the illustrations in it. And mm-hmm. yep. So he's, you know, I even looked at his LinkedIn to see if there was anything. <laughs> well, I, I had to have John look at his LinkedIn because I don't have a LinkedIn. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> but John looked him up for me, and he like had not. He didn't even have his work history listed on his LinkedIn. What's the point of a fucking LinkedIn? Because he's so Bridget, famous. I have a LinkedIn. I couldn't tell you the point of a LinkedIn. So <laughs> I don't yeah. have a LinkedIn. I, I will never link- have a LinkedIn. Don't ever have a LinkedIn. The point of my LinkedIn is just to easily go. I never have to write a fucking resume again. Here's my LinkedIn. Oh, but yeah. I don't know. Any, any other thoughts on? This illustrated version. Quinn, did you watch this one too, or was it just Bridget in, in your youth? Obviously, no, I didn't see this one in my youth. This is the first time. Although, like, maybe I did. Like, I feel like I saw a bunch of shit like this, and I just don't. I didn't watch it like regularly, but I don't really remember the show. I don't think we had Showtime, so I wouldn't have seen it. I guess it was on PBS. Yeah. It ended up on PBS at some point. Oh, maybe that. Was, maybe I did catch it on PBS or something. PBS had some weird stuff that, like, always. Like, I remember there was like this. Um, this British stop motion wind in the willows. Speaking of Mr. Toad. Oh, used to like show up on PBS every once yes. in a while and it fucking ruled. It was yes. awesome. And I used to watch that, but I saw yeah. that one too. This definitely I seems like something. I love all the wind in the willows stuff. Me too. <sighs> but yeah, this, this, this feels like something like a substitute would put on to shut kids up. Like yeah, in, in school. Absolutely. So it's possible. Maybe I saw it that way. Another movie where that happened, a teacher put on to get their class to shut up was 1776. And that's where I first watched that. 
Uh, and that's when you fell in love with history. Weird. I feel like they showed us glory each and every time oh up until God. high school. Yeah, speaking oh. of cannonballs taking off limbs. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like in real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told you guys about the time that my school, um, oh, God, they were so bad. Like, it's why we moved out of there. Because, oh, my God, the schools. <laughs> um instead of like every other class when there was a uh, solar eclipse instead of everybody like teaching us to make these things so we could look at the solar um, eclipse they just lazily locked us all in a dark library and made us watch ben-hur <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh... yeah like imagine you like don't want to teach your kids this thing so you put on fucking ben-hur and the the audacity of putting on Ben Hur at a public school. Do you know what I mean? Like that's Oh yeah, no, like I That's insane. I had to watch fucking El Cid in school once in Spanish class because they were like, El Cid's a Spanish hero, and it's like Oh my god. This is pretty Christian y. Yeah. That's oh, crazy. Weird. I'd not heard of that. We I will say we did get to watch uh not Desperado, um <laughs> That fucking yeah. rule. <laughs> that would rule. Uh, no, but 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 what's the one he did before Desperado? Oh, El Mariachi. El, El Mariachi. Yeah, we get to watch that in Spanish class. What? Man, what a way better fucking Spanish class! Like here <laughs> are the movies I got to watch in Spanish class. El Cid, which is not in Spanish, by the way. It is. It it stars Charlton Heston as a, as El Cid. Um, and then in high school we got to watch Evita. And we got to watch uh, the Spanish the Madonna dub. version of yeah uh-huh. Antonio Banderas too please and uh, and 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 we got to watch the Spanish dub of the Lion King. I know John John's <laughs> class got to watch the Jackson Five like movie, the one like the mini oh the, the fucking mini series yeah I watched that I watched that when it was on that's how I learned Michael Jackson was abused as a child. Well, he watched like in scene. school. There's a that's fucked up. <laughs> So fucked up. So the first note I'm going to start out with for this Sleepy Hollow is that in the version I watched in the description, still called him a school teacher, even though he is not that in the least. Oh, good call. In this I, one. You know, I think mine did too. And he's I was a detective. like, he's a detective. Yeah. Constable. At least that's what Christina Ricci calls him at one point. Uh, Who gets it's... kind of um, hot fuzzed out of his town. In the beginning yes. Of this. So so <laughs> yes. Let's uh let's get into that because I might even have a sound clip for you on that one. But first we're gonna open on some drops of blood and a last will and testament. And here my notes say uh we're not gonna get any mentions of Ichabod being a scarecrow. We'll just wait on that. Uh, <laughs> so we see signatures that mean nothing to us, but it's all very dramatic and they're sealed red wax, and then an old man. Rides his carriage past a scarecrow, complete with pumpkin head, which, to be fair, I would say Burton is both uh, uh, pulling from the story, but also giving a little bit of his own ego a rub because it's very Jack Skellington looking, the first scarecrow yeah. he comes across. Mm -hmm. And we should say the old man uh, is Martin Landau. Yeah. 
and, and who is not going to live for long. He's not. Because uh, all of a sudden he's terrified. He hears uh, uh, hoof beats. He finds out his driver's been decapitated. So he flees from the carriage he's riding in. He bumps into the same scarecrow again and thinks he's safe. But then we see him beheaded from the killer's point of view. Who could the killer be? I don't know. New York City, 1799. <laughs> We meet Ichabod finding a dead body in the river. Uh, quickly, we learn about him that he's all advanced because he wants to do like autopsies. And the other cops are like, I don't want to be vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, and yes, so yes. that's what that's what happened. Uh, and then also when his superior is telling him he's crazy, we see. And I mean, this is Burton, you know, being on the nose about this happy police brutality going on in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, so in a court, Ichabod is going to tell Sauron that they shouldn't be using <laughs> archaic torture devices. And so Sauron's like, okay, look, I've got one of two courses of actions for you. One, please, is please. I keep putting up with your bullshit. Uh, everyone's got a British accent. Please refer to him as Count Dooku. Thank you. <laughs> It was one of the two. I didn't know which one I wanted to go with. Poor Christopher uh, Lee. But, a man defined by three roles and the other one being Dracula. It's so unfortunate. He's he's a such a presence. Yeah, but, he uh, really was. is. Great sadly. actor. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he's going to uh give give Ichabod the second option. There is a town upstate, two days' journey to the north in the Hudson Highlands. It is a place called Sleepy Hollow. Have you heard of it? I have not. An isolated farming community, mainly Dutch. Three persons have been murdered there, all within a fortnight. Each one found with the head lopped off. Lopped off? Clean as dandelion heads, apparently. <laughs> You will take these experimentations of yours to Sleepy Hollow, and there you will detect the murderer. Bring him here to face our good justice. Uh, like, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's just crazy. Like, just the way he just, like, that's, that's his only part. Yeah. Yep. Th but like, like this scene is impactful. indicative. Yeah. He's just so good. His voice, it's just, it's voice, the delivery. Yeah, it's amazing. But I think this is like where the start of the like exposition, like just feels like it jumps scene to scene to me. Like it settles in eventually somewhere like later in the movie, but it just feels like scene, 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 like from here until like probably like the third act, honestly. Where it's just so, like, I, I feel like it jumps from plot point to plot point in every scene. It's just like, like, hello, I'm doing a thing. And they're like, well, it's time to move the plot along. So I'm going to talk about some plot shit. So I was actually going to mention that because we're trying to keep things light, because we're doing a triple feature yeah. and still want to keep it to a reasonably sized episode. Almost all of the sound clips I've pulled are basically the characters explaining the unnecessarily complex plot of this film which i'm fine with it being unnecessarily complex but, but i didn't want to have to try and explain it myself it's, because but, it's also not that complex like it's like it's like ooh twisty and windy and i was like 
No, like it's it's pretty simple. I mean, the the horseman has to cut the head off of an in utero child. That's it probably true. doesn't even have a head yet. And then, like you, I, I don't know. I suppose there's a way that you could guess the final villain of this, but no, I, I like, see. I, I mean, I, think I kind of like agree with thing. Matt because I think the whole like what belongs to who, la la la. Like that's complicated and in a way reminds me of Hot Fuzz where that you think it's like, oh, well, you know, his property belong was good to this person and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, it's really just that they want to win the town's best contest. And that's kind of how it, well, that, that's kind of how it winds up in this one. It's, it's that, actually like, well, I'm just upset because these people were mean to me as a kid. Like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. like, they, I, like, I like, that. like they set up this entire like winding plot that's yes. like not a plot. But again, Actually, Hot Fuzz just, does the same thing. But like Hot Fuzz is making fun of this. That's why Hot Fuzz is yes. good. Well, I know. Because this is bad. Good. Like there's not. I everybody in this bad. movie knows that this is a Tim Burton movie. And they like they are all working it. But it, like I feel like they all know the movie they're in. I don't know. Like that's that's the sense I got. Which is why I enjoyed it. See like. I don't think that they're trying to win awards. I think that they are enjoying their craft. <laughs> I agree with you. And I think everyone's good in this. I except Burton. I think like, they're all like, fuck, I've seen Tim Burton movies. Like half of them have been in Tim Burton movies. Yeah. They know what a Tim Burton is. Yeah. Most of them. He likes his, like five people. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is Richie the only one who hadn't been in a Burton movie? Um, She might've been, but she was also. Casper Van Dien for sure. Hadn't been in one. Oh, yeah. Right. He's yeah. been in like three movies. But like, Christina right. Ricci is an incredible actress. And yeah, she's amazing. She's whatever, but she is really flat in this movie. I like. I just don't. Well, because her character is nothing. Her, her character, character is nothing. just has to she like just... fall in love with Johnny Depp, and then like Katrina does. Katrina in this one does not have the same personality that the other two kind of did, where right. there was like clearly they were trying to get, like you know, there was a material motive. Whereas in this one, they're, they're like. Katrina is just so perfect and pure and blah, 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 blah. She's, I don't think she, they, it's sad. I just don't think Tim Burton never let her go out there and yeah, whatever. Whereas he let Richardson do it. And like, she has some great lines. And yes. Great scenes that yes. just were like incredible. But that's like, I feel I mean, like the tone doesn't match the way this movie like looks and moves and flows. And cause it doesn't, it, it feels like, the movie to me really just feels like someone trying to do a Tim Burton impression. But it's a and Tim Burton movie. I know. I know. <laughs> that's the thing is like, it doesn't feel like to me, it's missing like all of the liveliness of like Burton to this point. And so, like, there are plenty of critiques like, like people have about like Edward Scissorhands and, 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 and the, the, the first couple of Batman movies and, and like, I still think those have like this like weird energy that this movie just like doesn't have and everyone's like bringing it and it's just not like harnessed. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to entirely disagree with your, um, <laughs> feels like a Tim Burton knockoff. Yeah. Um, wait, to jump back to Christina Ricci though, Bridget, how many times would you say you've watched this movie? I would say a bunch. <laughs> Be I think the thing is, is that um, something that can't work on us past the first viewing is the movie does some work trying to make it look like Christina Ricci's the bad guy. 
And like, honestly, I saw this movie in theaters when it first came out. I can't remember how well that worked on me when I first saw it. But at this I, point, when I'm watching it, I know for a fact where the movie is going. But she is a white witch. I did. I, I, I remember how it worked on me and it didn't. And I was like, she's clearly not the fucking villain. Like, <laughs> come yeah, on. I don't think I ever thought she was the villain. Like, I, I, I can't. I can't remember it specifically, but I don't think I ever thought she was the villain at any point because they really did push that. She's so pure. I didn't yeah. know who the villain was. Like, I was surprised by who it was at the end. I actually well, was too. And I forgot the goddamn villain. Again. What'd you say? Sorry, Quentin. I said you couldn't have guessed the goddamn villain. What did no, you say? Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, I didn't guess it back then. And watching it, I was like, I honestly don't remember where this is going. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just I thought it, I thought she was a little flat. I think everybody else's performance is really good. So, I mean, I I'm biased because I will have an eternal crush on Christina Ricci. I grew up with a crush on her. Like it's it's never ending at this point. Oh yeah so yeah yeah. I can admit I got some bias there. No, and I'm and, and I'm saying like I she is a phenomenal actress. Like I there are, I can you know there are all kinds of crazy other movies that she's been in that like have just blown me away like including like penelope do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like, like yeah. when she was like the and like nosed yeah. one you like she yeah you know, she's like a woman with a pig nose and so she like nose. has to hide it it's one of those like you know she's beautiful on the inside i think jay like uh james mcavoy's in it uh reese witherspoon is like her like sassy friend in it and she's got a pig nose and she's cursed and whatever and it's great it's from like the mid 2000s, I think, right? Like, and then there's what is it, Ice Storm, which is like yeah, totally fucked up. Yes. I can't yeah. even, that, that movie is so mm -hmm. fucked up. Yeah. She's incredible. I just don't yeah, think this movie was her. And she's also and there not was a her run on Once Upon a Time. She was on Once well, Upon a Time. Yeah. She, she, she kind of like weirdly um, like transitioned to TV actress because she was in that Pan Am show Pan Am, too. Yes. I, I, I wonder if she was kind of like forced into that though, because it seemed like she disappeared for a while and then showed up on TV. But it does, and she's yeah. also uh, in the I, um the one um um where she plays was it one of the Fitzgeralds or something or it was like I think it was an Amazon TV show. Hold on, let's see. Oh, yeah, she plays Elda Fitzgerald. Z, yeah. the beginning of yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, holy shit. That's supposed to be a good show. I and I love Casper. Casper was great. Casper was. Casper was pretty good. I think I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Casper, Casper, technically, crossover with Ghost. It's in the Ghostbusters universe. Can't be all that bad. Yeah. Sure. Rice Dance shows up. Who are you going to call? Someone else. And Casper. Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. That's how we it's get back to this movie. Starship Troopers. <laughs> I might have a Starship troop Troopers joke coming up. But in Excellent. the meantime, we get our first hints of superstitious Ichabod. But here's the big difference with this movie. He's not superstitious. He's a man who's all about science. Instead of superstitious, he is very, very squeamish around blood and guts of any sort, which is interesting when he's trying to do his autopsies and everything. But that's that's his tick for a lack yeah. of a better word yeah. in this one. When yeah. Tim Burton was like, like, why did you cast Johnny Depp as Ichabod Crane? Who's like, like notoriously like supposed to be an ugly character. And Tim Burton's like, well, 
I'm sure he didn't say what he wanted to say, which is like, well, because I'm fucking obsessed with Johnny Depp and I need to put him everything I do. But mm-hmm. <laughs> what he said was he hoped that um, the audience saw that Ichabod's personality was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> And that was enough for the audience, Which, I guess. Uh, clearly, the audience got that from the happy ending Ichabod got in this film and Brom not getting that. And being but, like uh, the, 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 like the, the, essentially like the source of justice in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but so on his way out of town, he's going to release a uh, caged cardinal. And then on his journey up, he's going to look at these permanent. They're not even really scars. There's indents in his hand. Like, yeah. like if you had one of those, um, one of those things from the the nineties that, that oh, yeah, have little, the little metal pegs and you yeah, put your face in it. Yeah. Like if you pressed your hand into that, you would have the same indents that he has in this. Uh, <laughs> which we will get into why. And Quentin, I will hand it to you right now. The backstory part of this movie is the weakest and worst oh, yeah, parts yeah, of this yeah. movie Absolutely. and completely unnecessary. It's unnecessary. This is like Burton always plays with um, mommy daddy issues in, in, in yes. pretty much all of his movies. I'm pretty sure that's what attracted him to Batman. Um, oh, yeah. Because like, Batman's such a weird. You're right. Like, yeah. And it's like Edward Scissorhands because there's the whole thing with Vincent Price, who's kind yeah. of like a surrogate dad. Oh, Vince Price is awesome. Amazing. Vincent Price is an amazing human, as we've recently found out. I mean, I always thought he was amazing, but extra amazing. Now. Yeah, he just fucking rules. Um, and then, like, it gets real bad later in his career when you get shit like Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah, that's just, like, weird. Where the dad's like, like, I just want you to brush your teeth. So, yeah, and he's like, I need to I, eat candy. I knew this was going to come up. I have not watched that movie since it come out, came out and I desperately want to revisit it because I remember those scenes being completely unnecessary, but also fun in the weirdest way. And I, I'm not going to try and like back up that statement because I literally, I don't know. I need to rewatch I, that so movie at some point. I, I, I'm curious. I recently rewatched it and um, I think it's, it's still bad, but like visually that movie is really cool. Um, and those scenes were also visually like very interesting and fucking weird and like played really weird. And there's like a weird, like, I, like, I think he's got like a head, like headgear on like braces and it's just fucking, I, yeah, I think he does. It's fu- It's so fucking weird. And Christopher and Lee's his dad. Christopher Lee. like, yeah, like, <laughs> it's but, so, it's so weird. Like, oh, it's so fucking weird. Yeah. You should watch it again. It's, oh, it's yeah, not I good, will, but yeah. I will. And I will report back on a future episode. So curious. Um, yeah. but honestly, but in the meantime, I, but honestly, I feel like if they had cut out Johnny Depp's backstory, I think it would have led, um, it would have helped the, the 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 idea that maybe Christina Ricci was the bad guy. Yes, was, I think so I too. Think because right. oh, his mom's so pure and whatever, and she's a white witch. Like it was clear that Christina Ricci, Ricci was going to be a white witch. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of feel like yeah, if you didn't and- know that a white witch existed in this universe that right. you could very much believe that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Also, isn't it so weird that like he cast Lisa Marie as like the mommy character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Cause he was dating her at the time. Is that what it was? It was, he was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which but I love and during Mars attacks. Yeah. Like until he, she started cheating on her during planet of the apes with Helena Bonham Carter. And then, and then dumped her um, a, a day after the premiere, I believe. 
And, um, and she's in Planet of the Apes too. Um, and then, so she got back at him by just selling all of his personal belongings <laughs> that he left, which is pretty fucking awesome. And then like Helen Bonham Carter wouldn't even live with him. Yeah. Like, and, and then, then that was after like, they divorced. I, thought. I mean, they did end up divorcing, but like they, even when they were married or together or whatever, they didn't they live next together because she couldn't stand living with him. Like, <laughs> so I, I don't it, know. it was like the, the rich people's version of your, uh, your own separate bedrooms. Yes. As I understand, it was houses right next door to each other. Yeah, so they, they had both had together. easy yeah, access yeah, yeah, to the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's so, is he dating someone else now? Did he like cheat on her with someone too? Or, I don't know. What I know is that Ichabod <laughs> arrived in town because we've got so much movie left to go. And so he, he spies some characters that yet. we're going to meet later. <laughs> <laughs> he arrives at the Van Tassel house. He sees some people making out on the deck who we don't quite see yet, although you can really tell who one of the characters is. And then inside is a full-blown party. Katrina is playing some 1799 version of Spin the Bottle where she's blindfolded and like, who am I going to kiss? I don't know. And then runs up on Ichabod and gives him a kiss. Mm-hmm. And Brahms right beside him and so pissed off. He's ready to fight. But Mr. Van Tassel comes out and accidentally breaks up the fight. So uh, Mr. Van Tassel Ichabod's, who's Dumbledore. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, who's good friends with Mr. Dursley. Um, so Ichabod in this version is going to be staying upstairs in the Van Tassel house. Uh, to to be doing his investigation. Um, it, we see him pulling out all his investigation inventions and they're all very Tim Burton-y. Uh, and then he uh, goes to the drawing room to meet the village elders. We are joined by Dr. Thomas Lancaster, Reverend Steenwick, our able magistrate Samuel Phillips, and lastly, this fine fellow is James Hardenbrook, our notary. And... You, sir? A simple farmer who has prospered. (laughs) The town looks to me as friend and counsel. And landlord and banker. Can we proceed? Thank you. So, three persons murdered. First, Peter Van Garrett and his son, Dirk Van Garrett. Both of them strong, capable men, found together, decapitated. One week later, the widow Winship, also decapitated. Uh, So the elders tell him the heads weren't just severed, they actually were never found. And the headless horseman did it, at which point Ichabod's like, Ichabod, man of science and reason, is like, oh, a headless horseman, you say? I need to sit down. Oh, no. Uh, Johnny Depp has never never watched this movie because he hated the way he acted in it. So he's never watched it. I actually don't, like, I was thinking about it. It's like, this feels like the start of that era of Johnny Depp. I feel like um, that, I feel like but he it's did like well in this in. one, and then it right, was just kind of like, right. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he hadn't gone like off the fucking deep end right. yet. Because I think Public Enemies came out right after this, and this. I, no, this. no, Public Enemies is like that a was, decade later. Really, it's like a whole yeah. ten years later. He was yeah. really good in Public Enemies, so I mean, yeah. like, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like this, and then Once Upon a Time in Mexico is like a couple years later, which he's also very good in, but he's also like ratcheting up the insanity. Um, Where was and then Pirates of the Caribbean? Pirates before is, this? No, it's after. No, it's, it's after. like okay. two or three. It's three years after, four years after. I mean, Pirates is obviously once, good, but I feel like that's yeah. when we start jumping off the deep end to uh, in other movies. Yeah, you I know feel what I like mean? yeah, like. Like, this is kind of, like, him moving in that direction. Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like, he kind of, like, Robert Rodriguez is just, like, do whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of insane, but, like, in the best way mm-hmm. in that movie, because that movie's insane. Um, and yeah, then I feel like Pirates comes out in, what, like, 03? 02? Uh, yeah, I believe. Uh, 03 is right. And, and like, that's, like, once that's such a big hit, he never goes back. Mm-hmm. He just goes full dip. But more importantly, the same year as this is the Ninth Gate. Oh fuck! <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> and, the Ninth Gate. And between Gate. those Jesus. movies is also From Hell. Oh my God, From Hell! Oh, oh From Hell! Right? I oh my God, always he's just amazing. I don't care. Like he went crazy, but he's like he was amazing. He was amazing. He was one of the best actors ever, and then he just went off the fucking deep end because he could yeah. play so many different characters. And then and then Mordecai oh. and Dark Shadows happened, and yeah. Uh, but for the record, Quentin, you are correct. It is almost exactly a decade later. He was that really Public good Enemies in that. Came out. Yeah. yeah, but Public he was Enemies... terrible as Whitey Bulger. Oh, fuck. I saw that movie. <laughs> that was like a weird, like we went because like a friend wanted to watch it. And I was, the whole time I was just like, this sucks. Though weirdly, Eileen had seen him play guitar like a night earlier because she went to like this blues concert with her dad. And like Johnny Depp was... I guess it wasn't a night earlier or maybe it was because I think he was in town for the Black Mass like premiere and like the like musicians just had him come up on stage and he played blues guitar and she was like I was too far away to really realize it was Johnny Depp then someone's like that's Johnny Depp she's like oh wow cool great ah he was great and then he wasn't yeah I need to watch Public Enemies again because I didn't love he's good in it but I didn't love that movie Thomas Tom Tom Hardy's in that movie too like yeah 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 and I, I went to see it because I love I love Michael Mann, the director. Um, mm-hmm. But like that movie just didn't hit for me, even though every, everyone is good in it. And plus like, he kind of looks a... like John Dillinger, too. Does, so it's yeah. like, <laughs> it was just really good. Yeah, I liked it. But yeah, like that was probably like one of the last things I saw, said. I was like, oh, my God, Johnny Depp is great. And then it's just like was crazy from there. Yeah. What else do we got, Matt? You're look, you're clearly looking at his IMDb. What, what else do we have? What we have is the elders <laughs> explaining to Ichabod. No, I'm going to derail uh, the show. More they, than we already have. They, are, they tell him the story of the Hessian mercenary who didn't arrive for money, just for the murder. And we cut to murderous Christopher Walken with his sharpened teeth. And hey, what was your this favorite would have been Christopher a- Walken line? Because mine was, ah! <laughs> this would have been a great spot for one of those. Um, like Dracula open animated yeah. sequences, but that is not what they did. Instead, it's Christopher Walken with a lot of, I think, and murdering lots of people. This is where the movie started to lose me, where I was just like, this is boring. Like visually, like, I didn't like, just like, I don't know. Like it just didn't, it just wasn't interesting to me. I mean, I'll give you the visual part, but I, do you like that? So basically what happens is the soldiers are hunting him down. They've uh, shot his horse. So he's trying to get away on foot. And he comes okay, across wait, two I do twin love, girls. I, I do love how upset he is about his horse. 
he's very attached to his mm-hmm. horse. Luckily, the horse is going to go to hell with him. Right. But uh, he asked, comes across. I was two- asking John that. Like, I was like, did he get a new horse in hell? Did the horse go to hell with him? Why did the horse go to hell with him? What did the horse do wrong? He's just a fucking horse. Well, the horse, well, the horse is alive when he dies. The the horse uh, hadn't had had uh, sex outside of marriage and uh, didn't get the communion <laughs> on Sunday and went to hell. Like that's you know that's what happened. So the Hessian soldier comes across two twin girls uh, who are collecting sticks in the woods, and one of them he like gives them a shh, and one of them purposely snaps a branch <laughs> to give him up. So they uh, decapitate him. So awesome. That is, it's a very, it's also like, as much as I've shit on like pacing and stuff, like, ah, oh, perfect joke. Mm-hmm. Perfect joke. So the soldiers decapitate him. They leave only his sword as a grave marker and his injured horse to mourn him. Um, maybe we'll get back to that scene a little later. Who knows? Uh, but back in the now times, shaky Ichabod assures them it's a mortal who's doing the murders and not some ghost. And we're going to find out who. And then we see Master Mazbeth try to murder the horsemen and get run down. Who's that? You ask? Kind of doesn't matter. His kid's going to be the important one. <laughs> uh, so Ichabod gets led gunpowder. Named horses. Um, Johnny Depp we get a- adopted the horse. That oh, really? Yeah, because I guess they said they were going to put him down for some reason and Johnny Depp's like, fuck that, and he adopted him, which I love. I oh, love when actors adopt the animals they work with. Like, like um, uh, Keanu Reeves adopted the, the the second, like, the dog that didn't get shot. In the yeah, like the bulldog. like <laughs> yeah. Or Pitbull, I mean. Yeah, he, like, adopts. All I can imagine, though, is like Johnny Depp in his giant mansion drinking wine and then just like passing the bottle to the horse who's also like horse, hanging out. Yeah. And the horse also has like a billion scarves on. And <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, so we get a brief glimpse of a midwife who's going to matter later for like five minutes. Uh, and then we get an announcement of murder. So Ichabod rides to the crime scene and is super duper squeamish. But he does his CSI stuff in a very Burton-y way and does a whole, like, the horse turned around and stabbed him and whatever. We go to the funeral is, of Mr. Nesbeth unless you guys one, have anything to say about that scene. Is that the one where the bug crawls out of the... the yes. Neck? I really love this. Like, the the makeup in this movie is fan-fucking-tastic. They won a lot of uh, um, awards. For, Jaeger uh, deserved like BAFTA it. awards and things like that for uh, like, costume design. It's really good. It's really like the production design in general, but like the, the makeup effects are so fucking good. Um, the all fake the, heads are all pretty good. The, the fake heads are all great. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, uh, there's one coming up that I just fucking love. We'll get to it pretty soon. <laughs> uh, so at the funeral, Mr. Masbeth, uh, young master Masbeth asks Ichabod if he can pitch in cause he's an orphan seeking justice. But Ichabod's <laughs> like, yeah, no, I'm good until Magistrate Phillips tells uh, who is Mr. Dursley uh, tells Ichabod that although there were only four graves, there were five victims. So Ichabod's like, hey, you know what, young Masbeth? Rethinking that whole needing a teammate thing. So find a room at the Van Tassels. Uh, so the next morning, Ichabod has all the coffins dug up. 
and he is checking on them. And as he checks on the widow windship, he notices a cut in her belly. The aforementioned horseman beheading a fetus after all already killing the mom when the fetus is like, I don't know, she's not really showing. That's not much of a fetus going on in there. Anyway, he's going to go against God's will and perform an autopsy <laughs> on her. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go a different way and go, the horseman went against God's will and did something oh, to that's, that fetus. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, he performs his autopsy. He exits covered in blood and tells everyone that the widow windship was with child or tells all the elders that she was with child. Um, Late that night. That's a scandal. He's going to cross. But that scandal is back on. The, the yeah. elders maybe already knew a little bit about this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, late that night, he uh, he crosses the covered bridge on gunpowder. But the bridge is no protection for the horseman arrives with his signature jack-o'-lantern. And they try really hard to remake that classic Disney shot of him, like, uh, uh, like the horse, the like horse was not cooperating. Poor horse. Yeah, no. As a matter, as a matter of fact, um, uh, uh, Katrina had a shot way closer to it later in the movie. Yep. Um, I know. I was like, but, that's probably like take seventeen. They're just like, fuck it, one of them. Close enough, man. Yeah. We can't do this anymore. Um. So, yeah, he throws a, the horseman throws a jack-o'-lantern, but, oh, what do you know? It's prom playing one of his classic prom tricks, which at this point, Ichabod actually hears them laughing about it. Um, but then he's going to pass out and we go to a, the memory of his mom dancing in happy times with flowers uh. and she's burned some sage and makes runes in the dirt and then she gives him the Bioshock test with the birdcage. And for the 99% of listeners who's not going to get that reference, he's got this little um, spinny thing that's got a cardinal on one side, a cage on the other. So uh, it looks normal until you start spinning it really fast. And then it looks like the bird is caged. And it comes up a lot. And cardinals come up. I'm sure cardinals have some sort of meaning that I didn't bother to look up. Um. And uh, then Curry Nickabod wakes up. Nice, covered a lot of ground. Anything you guys want to touch on in there? Nope. <laughs> nope. And we already uh, talked about how fucking bad the backstory stuff is, so we don't have to. Don't yeah, it. yeah, yeah. No, we don't like it's, it. It's going to get worse, honestly. Yeah. Um. So then he accidentally walks in on Katrina reading a book that she needs to hide her mother's book, which Katrina's like, "Yeah, it's just my mom's smut. I don't want people to see me reading it." <laughs> um. And then she's going to inform him. Hey, that, look, I'm just reading. Uh, wait, what was the was the book in Dracula that we thought was the Kama Sutra? Oh, uh, a thousand and one Arabian oh, Nights. Oh, Arabian Nights. Yeah, yeah. But no, she's it's really reading a gronking to remember. We all know this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Katrina uh, informs him that uh, a the family trees of Sleepy Hollow are basically intertwined bushes, and that b her father got rich and like bought land from the Van Garretts, which is going to have an impact on our villain that we're never going to know till the last five minutes of the movie. Uh, so she gives him a compendium of spells, charms and devices of the spirit world and tells him to keep it close to his heart. Can't imagine how that's going to pay off. Nope. So she takes him to an old fireplace out in the woods <laughs> that has a plate of an archer out on the back. So, my memory of this actually was that um, 
that was her old home. But in fact, she just liked to go out there as a kid and set fires in a controlled environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And does symbols in the dirt in front of the fireplace, much like his mother. Mm. This is like one of the few bits of like absolute overacting by Depp in this movie. He like turns around and he's like, (gasps) (laughs) (gasps) (gasps) like just basically like looking for his fucking fainting couch. Um, (laughs) What's his face? Uh, What's his face? Who's the director? Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Thank you. I was like, what's his name? He that said guy? that Johnny Depp is the best fainter in the business. Like he's like, everybody I mean, says did he that. watch the five dozen times he had Christina Ricci do it? Because, you know, she, she gave him a real said, that he, fainting. I, I, that's what he says. He says that that no one faints better than Johnny Depp. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better than Johnny Depp, which is why he casts him in everything. Yeah. His uh, muse. So they're... <laughs> His fainting news. Uh, So basically they're going to see a cardinal and Katrina's going to be like, oh, I'd love to have one, but I wouldn't have the heart to cage it. So he's going to bust out the Bioshock tool. Wasn't that lucky? She's like, because what if it had been a blue jay? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, are you kidding me? It would just happen to be a cardinal? Bullshit. Uh, She's like, you do know magic. He's like, it's not magic. It's illusion, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're And then about, uh, it made me laugh. <laughs> and then Ichabod is going to stalk the magistrate, Phillips, who gave him the hot tip about all the dead bodies. You would have mind to help me? Yes. And it's put me in mortal dread of... Of what? Of powers against which there is no defense. How did you know the widow Winship was expecting a child? She told me. Then I deduce you are the father. I'm not the father. Did she tell you the name of the child's father? Yes, she did. She came to me for advice as town magistrate to protect the rights of her child. I was bound by my oath of office to keep the secret, but... You believe the father killed her? The horseman killed her. How often do I have to tell you there is no horseman? There never was a horseman. There never will be a horseman. What is that? My talisman, it protects me from the horseman. You, a magistrate, and your head full of such nonsense. Now tell me the name of... I do love that he, the magistrate is so sweaty and nervous that he's pulling off his powdered wig yes. to wipe the sweat away. That was a good touch. Also, how many times can they say horseman in that scene? <laughs> what? Uh, no more, because the dialogue ends there as we see more twisted scarecrows, and then the horseman himself rides out. And we see him decapitate Here the magistrate. This is the this is the and good the, one where his head spins. The it, well, it spins and then falls down. Yes. And Johnny Depp falls over, and the magistrate's head falls directly onto his crotch. Mm-hmm. And then we all know the horseman collects the head. So uh, pointy end first comes straight for the head with his sword, but takes just that and leaves Ichabod behind. Very sharp swords right through the skull. Just saying. I mean, well, it also apparently his sword burns with the fires of hell. That oh, they can, right. Uh, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. What's uh, what is it? It um, cauterizes, but also doesn't like blister and stuff. Right, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, Magic. And so then we get Ichabod afraid in bed 
And he's just like, have you heard? Have you heard this? I had this horseman. I saw I it. Love I this. saw it. And they're like, yeah, no, we saw it. We know about the horseman. He's like, no, but you weren't there. You didn't see it. And then he's uh, like, there's a horseman. And Dumbledore's like, yes, we know. That's what we told you. We literally you. told you. And like, it's so good. The way he delivers it like, make, made me laugh out loud. It's so good. Because he's just like, he's not even trying to be an asshole to him. Like, he's like, generally like, no, no, we know. We told you. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. But it. Ichabod's so scared he passes out again so we can get more of those sweet flashbacks and we see his mother actually fly and then some sort of wigged man uh, throws her down on her own sand runes and then we get just the briefest flash of her eyes in an Iron Maiden before we go back to the now times. You know what those scenes reminded it's, me of? Do you know in Happy Gilmore when he goes to his happy place and it's all like, <laughs> like yeah. all of these? Wow. Like, yeah. I wish that music would start playing. Like the, the, and like his grandmother winning the casino winning. Yeah, with stuff. the kiss yeah. mask yeah. on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. You are totally not wrong on that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, suddenly Ichabod has renewed vigor and asks for volunteers to head to the Western Woods. And then we cut to just him and young Master Mesbeth riding out there. <laughs> uh, so he's just working out riddles aloud. They feel like the air is really eerie out there and finally come across a cave. So Ichabod uses uh, Masbeth as a meat shield as they head towards it, where they hear a woman singing and they walk into the witchiest home that has ever existed <laughs> up until Brave came out as the veiled lady sits by the fire. Uh, Ichabod tries oh God, to back out, but she's like, thing. I was like, it's this is the same lady from brave, right? Like it's, it's, it's right. It's, her house even kind of looks the same is. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. crazy. I thought the and, same and thing. She's got a cave in that one too. Yep. Um, and so, but yeah, no she bears. Sends out. no bears in this movie, which you would think some bears would show up there. Yeah. But no, she's no more a shitty do. witch. Not turn anyone <laughs> into bears. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she, uh, she sits him down and then chains herself down and like does some stretches to make sure she can't actually murder Ichabod as she does some more witchcraft. Uh, and then she just kind of like passes out. (laughs) She, she kind of like passes out and he's like, are you, are you sure you're okay? And then she does the largest of Marge moments and, uh, says this. You see the one bathed in blood, the headless horseman. Follow the Indian trail to where the sun dies. Follow to the tree of the dead. Climb down to the horseman's resting place. It's like Trelawney, who's like one of the few Harry <laughs> Potter characters that isn't in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it's it totally that moment, uh, except she at least knew it was coming, so she prepared herself for yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, they follow her instructions. But as they're on their way, Ichabod sees another rider, a rider who's clearly menacing because they are dressed completely in white and riding a very white horse, and so he's ready to shoot her until he realizes it's Katrina. <laughs> And she's there to help because no one else would help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he really pushes the, the color. Like white is good and black is evil. Yeah, he, he does. And then he also, this is, I think this is the 
first time where Ichabod doesn't yet know she's a white witch, but like he refers to her like as a white witch here or says something about her white magic. You bewitched uh, me. Oh, yes. And and then they almost kiss, but Mazbeth the cock blocker shows oh, up because he's got important like information racer, or right, whatever. Quentin? Yes. Uh, Another amazing Christina movie. Ricci movie. She's so good in that. Godspeed Racer so good. Oh, you know, I forgot she's in that. Maybe I will rewatch it. So good. I mean, you should rewatch and Speed Racer for the joy it. of watching Speed Racer. Yeah, John Goodman's in it. Okay, well, Susan, John Goodman's there. Then Susan Sarandon. <laughs> it's so good. So they've they found the Tree of Death or whatever it is she called it, and instead of sap, it's got blood. <laughs> so weird. I so, uh, this was like uh, I was bummed out that like they didn't like. There's a little bit of the peeling that you see and it looks really cool, but they cut away. But the sound design is so good <laughs> as he's like peeling the, the, he starts peeling the tree away and you see like, <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's so gross. I love it. Well, and right. Like he's hacking away at it before he peels it and the tree is just spraying, spraying blood, blood all over so his good. face. Yeah. This is so great. Yeah. And when he peels it away, he sees all the victim's heads are there. And then he like looks up a little bit and we see the horseman's sword that we saw the uh, the soldiers put in as the grave marker. And he's on it. He's like, clearly, I got to dig up this grave over here. Sure enough, he digs it up. But the weird part is all the Hessian's bones are in there, but there's no skull. Spooky. And we did actually very clearly see the soldiers throw his head in there. Yes. So he knows whoever has it has control because that's science. Like, like he is a man of science and he knows scientifically, if you take someone's skull, you control their body. Right. Yeah. If you drink wine out of it. (laughs) Nostradamus Uh, sort of makes an appearance in this film. Um, (laughs) But uh, uh, in the meantime, before we get there, the uh, heads all of a sudden start moving and the horseman springs to action through the head hole. Uh, and he turns around and I would say looks threateningly at them for a moment, but kind of like shoulder gestures threateningly at them for a moment because he has no head. Uh, but luckily for them, he's got other business to attend to. So he rides off. Also, I should say uh, Ray Park playing the headless horseman. Really? Uh, yes. And like you, there's so many like little flares, like Ray Park style flares, same year as episode one too. Like, and, and Ian McDermott, who's also in this film, like, I think they both just got off of filming episode one and went straight into, into, into filming Sleepy Hollow. Too bad. I think that dude went on to post revenge porn. No, he didn't. Like his, oh, his he didn't? no, it was his I wife. He did. It was an accident. He accidentally it was posted. An accident. He and then, accidentally like, he, posted revenge oh, so porn. It was on his phone, and he accidentally posted to his Instagram. And his his wife. No, like, that was the that was the Chris Evans thing. I thought. No, also I happened. Thought Chris, e- like I. So I looked it up because I was like, we're going to talk about Ray Park. His wife ended up like po- like a couple weeks later was like, look, we're hanging low, but like, no, he didn't cheat on me. No, he didn't post revenge porn. This is a complete accident. Like. Leave us well, alone. Thank you for keeping us yeah. clear from libel, Quinton. But then he also like just they they just like kind of like he like disappeared from social media after that. Or I think probably embarrassed. Yeah, I've heard he's like a very nice guy too. Like very nice to work with, pleasant to work with. 
So. So back in the village, Brahms ready to lead some marauders. We see a really young boy lighting candles in this neat spinny thing that displays oh, like witches cute. and stuff yeah. flying around. It's the home of the aforementioned midwife. And the, the father in this uh, household of three feels the horseman coming, starts to fight him, warns the midwife. And so she hides the child in a crawl space while the fight continues. Long story short. Everyone in the house dies, even the little boy. Yeah, this is pretty fucked up. Yeah, I thought they were going to do the 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 thing where it was like, oh, like he almost like ah uh, something distracts the horseman, but no, nope, no, and not not only like you don't actually see the little kid die, but the horseman has to um jack. I was going to say Jack Palance. That's not right. Uh, he's going to the shining one arm push ups. He <laughs> says he shits bigger than Billy Crystal. <laughs> uh, the kid's down in the crawl space, so he's got to like axe through the floor and then like reach down there and grab yeah. him. And again, like they cut away before you see all but of that. But then you but see, pretty... but he's already put the two other heads in his little sack. So you know he's done yes. that. And then you see him pushing a third head as he leaves the door. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, and it, also it, he's like, at, like, as he's like hacking the floor too, he like, I think that there's definitely one shot where you see him just holding both heads and they kind of like, rotate towards yeah, when the he's camera. walking out uh-huh. before yeah. he turns back for the kid yeah. yeah uh gruesome but also like actually like plot relevant that kid needs to die for like the the real estate shit like the the inheritance shit no that kid doesn't need to die doesn't he because don't they the, no the midwife only died because she told lady v a secret oh you're right oh that and she told kid. her the secret in front of the husband that kid had no reason to die that's right you're right um, convoluted but, plot. Uh, uh, but Brom had uh, gotten his boys together, so he snipes the horseman, which is rad until you know the whole undead thing. So the sniping does nothing, and he's using a musket. So then he's trying to reload it while the the horseman's just straight coming at him. Oh my god, that made me um, that made me laugh out loud because I just think about like. The, the Second Amendment was written when that's how you shot guns. Right. Yes. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. And it like made yeah. me laugh out loud because it's like so fucking absurd. Yeah. Well, like also people didn't generally die from getting shot. They died from the infection after right, right, getting right. shot. Like, like it wasn't like. Exactly. It was it was only it was only lethal because, you know, we didn't know about microbes. Right. But it, it just it made me laugh out loud. Like yeah. take fucking forever for all these people to shoot guns in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, even even the like it's it's ineffectual whether they had an AK or a musket in this movie because he's undead. But still, right. it's hilarious no, that it takes hey, them forty five totally minutes right. to like fucking shoot anything. Yeah, <laughs> you can evacuate uh, a whole school in the time it takes somebody to load a musket. Is all I yes. say. Yeah, that's. Totally fair. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, the, the, the horseman, I keep trying to call him the huntsman. I did this in my notes, too. I apologize if it does come out like that at any Rick point. Hemsworth. But um, <laughs> the horseman is just trying to walk by Brom. But Brom's like, no, man, I'm in it to win it. Uh, and so they end, they get into a fight. Ichabod ends up joining in the fight. Um, but in the end, Brom's just going to end up fighting the bug hunt in the sky because he is not going to live through this. Now, at first, 
I was like watching this and even though I've seen this movie a bunch, I'm like, you know, it kind of makes no sense that the horseman doesn't kill Ichabod too, but then I'm completely wrong. They actually do explain that in like just a couple of scenes. Mm -hmm. um, but if you too also had this thought like, wait, why isn't Ichabod dead in the same scene? It's because he has protection. Which is good for Ichabod since he's such a lady slayer. He needs that protection. I saw you say it and then realize and you're just like, <laughs> I can go places with this. Just, I heard the crank. like clink, clink, clink. It's like it's like when the roller coaster is going up the hill and you just hear like clink, 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 clink. Oh, man. Uh, so then we see Katrina straight up just doing witchcraft. And while she's doing her spell, says Nostradamus which I would not have known if when I was capturing the sound clips, it did not also have subtitles on. Mm -hmm. So she is going to bring a potion in for Ichabod. I tried to stop Brom, but... Drink this down. It'll make you sleep. The horseman was not set to kill Brom or me. Had Brom not attacked him... Later. Rest now. I have discovered something. The horseman does not kill at random. His victims are chosen by someone who controls him by that very person who took his skull. Someone who knew where to dig. Someone of flesh and blood. As I've always said, these are ravings. And like one of the only hints this movie is going to give you, right as he passes out, Lady Van Tassel walks into the room for like no good reason because then we cut away to another scene. Yep. Um, so, but we go to more flashback, everyone's favorite part. Uh, this time the church dude, governor guy is replaced by the horseman. Um, but Ichabod is summoned. Child Ichabod is summoned by his mother back into a medieval torture chamber. Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he sees just her eyes inside the iron maiden. So he falls back into a spiky chair and that gives him the hand imprints. I wrote scars, but. They don't really look like scars. Yeah. Uh, and then she just falls out of the Iron Maiden and sprays him with blood. Yeah, you <laughs> get like, no sense. it's like shining. They're like, hey, you know what's cool? And yeah. the, the, the doors open in the shining and the blood flew out. So let's do that. Yeah. We had the so, same thing uh, in Dracula too. Yeah, but it was yeah. cool as yep. hell when you're stabbing that cross in Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd the blood come from there? Uh, so Ichabod jumps uh, straight out of bed and straight into the arms of Katrina, gives her the backstory. We get more of the, oh, you've bewitched me stuff in there, even though he still doesn't know she's actually a witch. Uh, and then he gets tended to by Lady Van Tassel, who drops the information that the servant girl ran away. And uh, Ichabod just gets full on red string with all his notes. But the amusing part of this scene and also the unfortunate part for Ichabod is that while he's walking around and through all his notes and everything, he's just jotting random ideas down in his notebook. And I do think it's kind of funny that they go to a close-up of the book after he's written it all down. And even though he didn't mean to, it just says the secret conspiracy points to Baltus. Yep. Uh, again, it's going to come back and bite him. Uh, but in the meantime, he's going to race to the notary. I don't know why that has an asterisk. Anyway, uh, he's going to race to the notary to try and find an important document. Leave me alone. Just as soon as you show me the last will and testament of old man Van Garrett. The will leaves everything to his son. Who died with him. So the estate passes to the next of kin. Naturally. 
All legal and above board. Sir. I'm a dead man. And get its seal broken. Seems Van Garrett made a new will just before he died. Naming... In a windship. And here, look. A marriage certificate. Aha. Uh -huh. Old Van Garrett secretly married the widow. And left everything to her, her unborn child. So the new will stood between the Van Garrett fortune and the person who would have otherwise inherited everything. It's true. But we four were drawn in against our will. So I think that clip is the perfect encapsulation of it's actually not that crazy, but the movie makes it so like yeah, yeah, in yeah. depth about how he gets to the end of the mystery, which yeah. I don't mind. I, I still like this movie regardless of all this stuff, but I feel like you could have done this in a way simpler way that probably would have been more entertaining to a general audience. Or like a, an actual twisty way instead of just making it like info dump treachery yeah which you know and i don't know if it's come up yet but it was um michael go yeah who was the, alfred the alfred in the you know michael kane batmans and i guess the other ones right like all the tim burton batmans and and the schumacher batmans too as well yeah because M- michael kane is the alfred in the michael kane batmans yeah, you said Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. I meant Michael Keaton. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Keaton and the... Um... Michael Caine is in the Christian Bale Batman. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He plays... He plays. And Andy Zirkus is going to be in the... Uh... That's so Robert... weird. Oh. Now, he's the guy I have opinions on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he shits on animators. Yeah, because he he's a motion capture piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, he's talented. He's a super talented dude. I just don't like the way he shits on animators. All yeah, time. I agree. Like, it's bullshit. And, like, underplays the touch-up work that animators have to do to that shit because that technology is just not there yet. Yeah, it, maybe... It definitely wasn't in Lord of the Rings. No, for sure. No. No, they fucking reanimated over his shit. Like, that was the whole thing is, like, the motion capture data they got wasn't... didn't work, so they had to, like, reanimate most of it. And in, 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 at least in, in, in uh, Two Towers, I think. Anyway. Yeah. I, yeah I'm with you on these one. opinions. Also, <laughs> I, I have to say, as much as I don't like those movies, in the, in the Snyder versions, uh, Jeremy Irons, excellent Alfred. I kind of forget how he did it. But yeah. uh, it's just like I mean, a like pretty sa- good guy. Yeah, sassy, sassy British guy. Just worked well. Uh, so Ichabod's going to return home to find Katrina in his room, looking at the note that he left himself that says Baltus is responsible. <laughs> He's acting super strange. She's being really normal, but she's also like, yeah, my dad thinks you should go back to New York because like you look like you're going to blame him for this crime. And he doesn't really want to host you in this house anymore. Um, and so as she goes, she watches him drop the will that he now has into his desk. Uh, Ichabod gets frightened by a spider. And so Mazbeth finds the chalk symbol under his bed. The evil eye. It's not an evil eye, you guys. Uh, Fucking kid. (laughs) Hey, you know, it's 1799. Everyone hates witches, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's like the kid who tells Romeo that Juliet's dead. 
<laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Well, to be fair, Ichabod ends up looking up this symbol like 20 minutes later in this movie. He could have done it during this scene. He's got the book. But instead, he's got the book close to his heart. But instead, what he's going to do is he's going to see a secretive figure holding a lantern heading into the woods. So he and Maspeth are going to follow and spy Lady Van Tassel having sex with. It hasn't technically been revealed yet, but we can all see it's Jeffrey Jones as Reverend Steenwick. (laughs) Gross for multiple reasons. Uh, Clamshell alum, Jeffrey Jones. Yeah. Uh, and she pulls out a knife. Seems like she's about to kill him, but she actually just cuts his her hand and marks him with blood, which I thought for sure was going to mean that she was marking him for the um, uh, horseman. That's not what she's doing even a little bit. Nope. Because uh, Ichabod's going to head back to his room and find, uh, or I guess, sorry. What he is hasn't she talked doing again? Yet. So she, she cut. She's she Wait, knows so Katrina with the symbol on the floor. No, 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 no. Van Tassel. So she knows so when, she's being watched. So she cuts her hand so she can play the, the thing later where she cuts the hand of the uh, corpse of the corpse. Oh, so smart. when you find the corpse, I think it's it's smart. Van Tassel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she wasn't marking him in any sort of way. So Ichabod heads back to his room and finds that the will is gone. So he heads to that old fireplace out in the woods and sees old firebug uh, Katrina out there uh, burning it. Your father has the motive. It is he who stands to profit from these murders. If you knew him, you would not have such harsh thoughts about him. No, no, if he felt anything for me. I am pinioned by a chain of reasoning. Why else did his four friends conspire to conceal? You are the constable, not I. So find another chain of reasoning and let me be. I cannot. Not the one or the other. I'm heartsick with it. I think you have no heart. And I had a mind once to give you mine. Yes. I think you loved me that day when you followed me to the western woods. To have braved such peril. What peril was there for me? It was my own father who controlled the Headless Horseman. Goodbye, Ichabod Crane. I cursed the day you came to Sleepy Hollow. I do like that line. She's like, well, you know, if he's the horseman, like he controls the horseman. Like I wasn't going to get hurt. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, like the way the movie set it all up, he has. Well, I mean, I guess it's a capitalist society. I was going to say he has no more fortune to gain because he's obviously already the richest man in town. But capitalism, he needs it all. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. but uh, we go to the next morning. Ichabod talks to Lady Van Tassel about Katrina. He's like, are you sure she doesn't like 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 me still? But she's more like, why haven't you asked me about my injured hand? <laughs> Weirdo. I know why you haven't asked me. Because you saw me cut my hand. But you can't tell my husband that I was having an affair. Okay. Uh, and then Mr. Van Tassel bursts in. <gasps> because there's been another death. And I'm not even sure who died. It's uh, it's 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 Michael Goh's character. It's the the notary. Oh right, but he hung, he hung himself. himself. Yeah. He wasn't. It wasn't yeah. actually the um, the, ho- the head horseman who did that. One. Right. Yeah. The headsman. Yes, it was the not the headsman who it's did the that. The headsman. One. The head headsman horse horseless. 
so there's a big meeting at the church and Van Tassel's like, Ichabod, you should get out of here because everyone's basically meeting at the church to like run you out of town with pitchforks. Uh, and Lady Van Tassel's like, hey, I'll be at the church in a second. I just need to go collect some flowers. So we cut to her collecting the flowers. Mr. Van Tassel rides up and he's like, come on, woman, we need to hurry up. But then he sees the horseman coming up behind her. <gasps> and we see nothing else because we're going to cut to him rushing to the church and tell everyone that the horseman killed Lady Van Tassel. Horseman didn't really kill Lady Van Tassel. Duped. <laughs> uh, so everyone rushes into the church and locks themselves in there, uh, which is turns out an accidental smart move because it's hollowed ground. So the churchman can't go there. The churchman. So the elder. <laughs> the <ro> <laughs> it's it's it. like a new name. Every line. I love it. I just <laughs> What's he going to be next? Uh, it's the churchman my, my, horse dude. <laughs> my mouth is a gotcha pawn machine of different titles. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, you know, like so it, it does make sense that the horseman can't, go there because we know from Highlander that churches are, are hallowed ground and you know chop off your heads and that joke didn't go anywhere I'm sorry keep going <laughs> I, it made sense in my head the Highlander's name out. is Duncan it is one of them yeah Connor and Duncan Duncan McLeod the clan McLeod <laughs> here we are <laughs> oh I'm sorry Everyone locks themselves in the church uh, and the remaining elders uh, start to get into a fight. Uh, they want to give Mr. The, they want to give Mr. Van Tassel up because they're like, clearly the horseman wants you, man. And Katrina just starts chalking up the floor. She doesn't even care anymore. Uh, luckily, Ichabod, he's like, guys, let's chill out. The horseman can't enter here. But instead, Dr. Lancaster is about to uh, give up the game. So the reverend bludges, bludgeons him to death with a cross. Yeah, kills so him. Van Tassel, yeah. Van Tassel shoots the reverend and then grabs a different gun. And he's like, everyone stay back. Stay <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. I'm a loose cannon. This is a crazy uh, scene. Yeah. So good. Unfortunately for him, while the horseman can't actually step foot on the church ground, he can take a uh, fence post and attach it to a rope. Mm -hmm. And throw it through the window, Javelin stab style. Van Tassel straight through the heart, and then drag him off a of church property. It's smart. He's very impressive. For not having a brain, he's very smart. <laughs> uh, I never, he is like a chicken with his head cut off. Yeah. He is, yeah. That's what would happen if you cut a chicken's head off. They would like take over the fucking world, dude. <laughs> Well, yeah, if someone so, steals the chicken skull and controls it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dance for me, chicken! <laughs> Guys, I've got a new idea for our Carnosaur sequel. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, so Katrina passes out. One of her many passes out. Uh, and Ichabod sees that she's drawn the same, quote unquote, evil eye on the, the church floor. Um, so he watches over her as she rests. but. His belief right now, a man of science is like, well, clearly she was possessed by the devil and <laughs> she science. did the conspiracy. <laughs> possessed by the devil. Science. <laughs> and then he uh, takes his notebook where it seems like he just wrote Katrina's name over this, and over again. This made and me like a little bark out a laugh. 
because it looked like like a high school girl's notebook. And it was hilarious with the little hearts and like the way he like bubble wrote her name. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. It was an odd choice that he wrote Ichabod Van Tassel. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hilarious. So look, man, she's a good cook. Hilarious. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, he thinks about burning her spell book, doesn't burn that. Uh, and then as he goes to leave, young master Masbeth is going to try and sway him. And I believe Quentin has something to say about one of these lines. You think it was Katrina, don't you? That can never be uttered. A strange sort of witch with a kind and loving heart. How can you think so? I have good reason. Then you are bewitched by reason. I am beaten down by it. It's a hard lesson. And you had better learn it, young Masbeth. Villainy wears many masks. None so dangerous as the mask of virtue. Fucking Tom Stoppard. <laughs> like, like, I, 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 I'm with Bridget. Like most, most of the movie, like I can't tell. And he apparently did like a pretty hefty, like rewrite of the dial of all the dialogue. But every once in a while, and like I don't even hate Stoppard. Mostly, I hate some of his shit. I hate Shakespeare in Love. And I think it's just like the dialogue is fucking atrocious in that movie. Um, but this is just like the most like playwright wanky, like fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> but sir, reason, I, you are bewitched by reason. I am beaten down by it. Like, <laughs> but also, Fuck off. young Masbeth was the one who was telling him was the evil, the evil eye has seen ago. Right. And that's now the he's like, totally like acting like. How could you possibly think the girl drawing the evil eye is evil? Yeah. yeah. Stupid. Yeah, like this whole fucking thing is like, it, it's like when a writer is like fucking getting higher in their own supply and they're just so like, they're so bewitched by their own writing that they're just like, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like you can like <laughs> feel that fucking smugness in that line. Oh, that's the, I fucking, oh, oh. anyway. So Ichabod rides away playing with his flippy bird, uh, but then he noticed Lady Van Tassel's body being moved, complete with the cut on her hand, and inspiration strikes him, and finally he looks up the spell that's drawn out in shock, and what is it? It's protection for a loved one. And so 10 feet out of town, he's like, turn this carriage around. Like, dude, just get out and walk. You're right there. Right fucking there. But uh, You can run. He goes back and looks at the bodies and no, no. while she does. Hold on. He walks, he runs in with mm-hmm. the poor woman who just let him in. And then he flips the coffin head, coffin top of all the coffins. Like he's flipping tables and she's just like so distressed behind him. It is like a great scene. It made me laugh heartily. <laughs> just the way he like just angrily flips off the coffin tops. Like <laughs> you're you're acting crazy, you know? Yeah. It's perfect for the scene, but like, it's like, like what an awful way to act in a funeral parlor. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, hila- it's hilarious. Uh, no, it is. Uh, but he does realize that while the cut looks the same, it was clearly done after the person was killed in this instance, because there's no forms of healing or anything like this, because I know this in 1799. Uh, and (laughs) exactly. So clearly the devil did this. Uh, and while he's doing that, 
the supposedly deceased Lady Van Tassel surprises Katrina and Katrina just passes out again because from here on out, it's basically what she does. Right. Um, so which is self-defense fainting. I, lots of goats do it. Yeah. So why not? Which is, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I hear he's quite good at it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lady V and Katrina end up at an old Dutch windmill, which seems like it only happens because they were like, well, we had this windmill, so let's do something with it. Um, and Lady V cuts off a lock of her hair to send to the horseman or to send the horseman after Katrina. And then she's going to monologue. So I'm going to have a clip here for the monologue, but it's a really long monologue. So just to set up all the stuff before this, um, she knows that Mr. Van Tassel would be too scared to watch her die. So since she was in control of the horseman, she had him ride up and watched him watch Van Tassel ride away. Uh, her family name is Archer, which we mentioned there was an Archer in the back of that weird fireplace because, you know, that's what everyone does with their last name is put something resembling it in the back of a fireplace. You guys have seen my fireplace, right? And... and I don't know how you represented Crawford so well in there, but like really the way you pulled it together <laughs> you know, with a crawdad and a Ford automobile. Say, it's just a Taurus <laughs> smashing into a crawdad. <laughs> or it's a crawdad driving a Taurus and it's just like, hey! <laughs> it's so happy. It's like, what was it? Was it the Ramones cover with the... <laughs> like that with the monsters all riding in the big drag race car yes, anyway yes uh so so uh we also find out so her family's name is archer her dad died and the village took no pity because her mother was accused of witchcraft uh also i'll just note before i play this clip there are a couple of weird cuts it's because the movie keeps going to both uh Ichabod and the horsemen racing to the windmill, and we really just didn't need the sounds of horses galloping. No one in this God-fearing town would take us in because my mother was suspected of witchcraft. But she schooled her daughters well while we lived as outcasts in the western woods. She died within a year. My sister and I remained in our refuge, seeing not a soul until one day Whilst gathering firewood, we crossed the path of Hesse. I saw his death. At that moment, I offered my soul to Satan if he would raise the Hessian from the grave to avenge me. Avenge you? Against Van Garrett, the landlord who showed us no mercy and left us to starve, whilst Balthus Van Tassel and his simpering wife and girl child stole our home. And then she goes on to say that she played nurse to the original Lady V, who is Katrina's mom, and killed her off so she could move into the marriage bed. But now she's got to get Katrina out of the way so she can get everything out of the will, because that's the sign of a good mystery set up in a movie where you need a four minute monologue to explain how it all works. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You couldn't have possibly then, figured this out because we didn't give you any of the clues. <laughs> and then randomly, she also drops in that she killed her sister, which 
All her sister did was send Ichabod in a direction. Her sister's been living crazed out in the woods. There was no need to murder her. It's not like she's in on the will or anything. Right. So anyway, Ichabod and Masbeth show up separately. Well, Masbeth um, sneaks up on her and the way she turns around and screams at him is really good. Like her whole yeah, monologue she's, she's is on stupid. Like that's up, but like the way she turns around, bah, 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 like right in his face, yeah. it's really good. I like that. I mean, I think that's probably the most disappointing thing to this being the twist is like in that scene, she seems like a very capable woman yeah. and the rest of the movie gives you nothing about any of right, that. Right, 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 Um, But yeah, they decide like most horror movies, the best way to uh, uh, escape the villain is to go vertical. So they climb up the windmill, but then they're like, it's cool. We're going to ride the sails back down and just to up the tension. I'm also going to set fire to the windmill. So we've got a time limit on riding the sails back down. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the second they get down, Christine, I mean, I'm sure it was a stunt double, but like she had to jump really far. Whoever, the, like, she, like she had a much higher drop than than Masbeth did. Like, yeah, crazy. Uh, and they needed to get away quick because this windmill, with a lantern dropped onto some hay, is going to have a Michael Bay explosion. Right? How did it explode? What made so it explode? Big. Gunpowder the but, horse was in there, and then... Oh! <laughs> Gosh. His name's Gunpowder. You no, want? his name's Gunpowder. Kablooey. <laughs> uh, but what I do appreciate about this is Masbeth is like, do you think he's dead? And Ichabod's just like, that's kind of the problem. He's been dead the whole time. So Ichabod's not surprised when he sees Michael Myers walking back out of there. <laughs> I don't remember uh, if that was a trailer line, but it feels like a trailer ass line. It does. Yeah, honestly, there's a couple shots in this movie that when I was watching, I was like, that had to be in it. Like, this is this is the type of shot that goes in the trailer yeah. and possibly why it's just in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so they escape on the carriage. The horsemen chase them chases them down it basically turns into a mashup of a car chase and a battle on top of a moving train uh it's fun it's fine yeah, like but it's fine whatever as i feel about this whole uh, movie the chase was fine <laughs> so they end up at the dead tree the home of the horseman where lady v is waiting there for him uh so katrina starts to run until uh lady v shoots ichabod really wouldn't matter if she ran away because it kind of seems like the horseman is using it follows rules and he's always going to know where Katrina yeah. is and he's always <laughs> going to be heading in her direction. Uh -huh. um, but, uh, but she turns around, uh, Ichabod, uh, knocks the horseman's skull away from lady V and grabs it just in time so that he can be like, Hey dog, here you go. It's like that, uh, that old Coca-Cola commercial with the football player. And he's like, here you go, kid. And he's going to throw him the skull and the horseman catches it. And it's going to reverse Raiders of the Lost Ark as he goes from headless to Christopher Walken. I thought this was a pretty, like, it's clearly CG, but I, I like the animation of like the like muscle growing over the, the bone. I thought it looked cool. And for 99? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Another look at that shit and, than Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. And uh, Ichabod's going to reveal he kept the spell book close to his heart. So the only reason he's not dead is because it stopped the bullet. It's like three musketeers, Charlie Sheen's cross. <laughs> uh, and then the horseman 
looks at those three for a second and then walks over to Lady V, bites her on the mouth with his sharpened teeth in his form of a kiss. And then basically all implications are he's really horny while he's dragging her to hell. Oh my God. I was like, this is like sexual assault. Like, why? Uh huh. Uh huh. It's just a weird way to end it. Yeah. But then weirdly, he drags her into the tree, but for some reason, her hand doesn't make it through. But it also doesn't look like it's severed. It's just kind of like there. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that was bondage. Yeah. That was, that was weird. Yeah. I don't know. No idea. It makes Ichabod pass out. And we all know Johnny Depp is terrific at passing yeah. out. The best I hear. Uh, and then play that search and search and song because the carriage journeys and journeys. And then we end on Ichabod, Katrina, and Masbeth happily moving back to New York City. And that is your where it's Tim snowing and everything Depp. is white because white is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so <laughs> Katrina is now in white and black stripes uh, because she's guess... been she's been dicked at this point, obviously. But. <laughs> <laughs> She got a little bit of the forensic evidence, if you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> forensic. Uh-huh. And now Touché. he has himself a servant boy. Yeah, great. Perfect. Perfect. Happily ever after. It's very aristocratic. Yeah. That was Sleepy Hollow. Times three. All of them. Times three. Not all of them. Uh, it's okay, true. All the ones we're going to deal with. All of the ones we're doing. Today. Yes. Uh, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you a gawky, large-footed man with a tiny apple head? Is that holding you back from sleeping with beautiful women? Are you desperately trying to get laid after teaching annoying little shits in your local schoolhouse? Well, I'm here to change your life. My name is Ichabod Crane, and I've betted over 500 women in Westchester County, New York alone. From lonely housewives to horny single maidens, everyone is looking to get hoisted by the crane. In this special class, I'll teach you all the techniques you need to turn your shovel-shaped feet into sexual weapons aimed at digging out desire and even the coldest wench's heart. I'll teach you about flirting, playing hard to get, and most importantly, getting them to constantly cook delicious dinners for you. Sign up for my expert seminar coming soon to Sleepy Hollow, New York. Get your schoolmaster groove back for just $149. But space is limited, so sign up in the next hour and get a 10% discount. Bridget? I believe you've got a whole smorgasbord. Oh my God, I got of, so much. Let's see if I can this. see it. Let me, it's by candlelight. Oh, how 18th century of you. <laughs> I went over the rabbit ear stuff, so we can skip that. Um, all right, so the Bing Crosby stuff. Right? Oh, yes. So there was, after he died, his son published a memoir where he like talked about how like Bing Crosby was a piece of shit and whatever. Right. And then there was like a kind of a big fight because some of the siblings were like, yes, absolutely. And then some of the siblings, which weirdly were the daughters, were like, that's not true. Yeah. And then a, f- a couple of his kids, 
killed themselves. It, it, oh, Jesus. Yeah, like Jesus. two of the sons, yeah, killed themselves. Like, it, like they didn't, they were very, they were young, like 53 and like maybe 62 or something like that. Like, not like old. Jesus. But, yeah. So, I don't know. So, I, I just wanted to touch on that, but like, I, I don't know if he did or not. But he was, even if he didn't, he was very colorful because, so he like, I told you how he like stopped drinking, but then he instead uh, picked up a bad gambling addiction instead. (laughs) So, so by like 1930, he was like super far into debt, thousands of dollars, like to mobsters. (laughs) So like that checks out. So in so because of that, he was getting death threats. He was getting whatever. So he ended up having to go around to all his friends to borrow money, including old blue eyes, Frank Sinatra, for him to come, you know, pay out his gambling debts to these mobsters. But at the same time, Crosby's golfing partner was. Um, Jack Machine Gun McGurn, who was one of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And he was good friends with Bugsy Siegel and um, Frank Nitty. So he, like, had... So those were his... um... (laughs) He also had the trust he put into his kid. It was a blind trust um, where none of his sons, mind you again, received any inheritance until they reached the age of 65. Weird. Wow. Weird. You know, though, like, I almost respect that because it's like, look, shit's rough when you're old. So, like, I'll take care of you while you're elderly. But, like, well, I guess he was always like, I don't want to have Hollywood kids. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so he was yeah. very whatever. Like, he didn't want to give his it's anything but anyways like I, I don't know what kind of daddy was and I'm not really sure because of obviously there's there's like seven kids and they're split in half about whether or not he was a bad dad or not like so yeah. I mean none of them say he was a good dad but only like you know half of them say that he was abusive and the other ones say like no he just didn't give a shit yeah. You know what I he mean? did do so. blackface and white Christmas so he can fuck off there. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And again, he like hung out with mobsters and like whatever. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. I, think I feel like if you were a singer but... in the 50s, you just hung out with mobsters, though, because like clearly like Sinatra had mob connections, too. But despite all that, he told Barbara Walters in, se- in a 1977 televised interview that he thought marijuana should be legalized. So. I'm, all right, I'm back on board. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can start that with told Barbara Walters in an interview, and I'm like, this might end really poorly because it might be like Sean Connery talking about smacking women. Yeah, smacking women. Schmacker. Or, or how <laughs> he, he likes tiger blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Right. But it was just Jesus. about pot, so it's fine. Yeah. Um. Okay. The song... Headless Horseman from, you know, the Disney one is considered one of the one of the darkest songs written for Disney. What are the two others that are considered the darkest? Like, do you have a guess? 
Uh, be prepared, I would assume, is one of them. Uh, no. No. One of them was a clamshell movie. Hmm. For Brave Little Sister? Yes. Oh, right. That was the worthless uh, song. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And then the other one was Hellfire from Hunchback of Notre Dame. I guess. Oh, I oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, and the Headless Horseman is is often cited as being, along with these other ones, um, the scary one of the scariest villains in the Disney canon. Can you name the two other ones that are on this list? Oh no, three S- other ones on this list. Scariest is it? Oh, uh, is it uh, uh, the fucking uh, Ball Mountain Satan from Fantasia? Yes. Oh, Balrog. Yeah, Balrog. It's yes. Yeah. Um, I was like, what do they call Chernabog, him? Right? Chernabog, right? Or Chernabog. Chernabog. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, There is actually two yeah, from Fantasia. <laughs> there are what? There was two for Fantasia on this. Out of the three, remember. there's two out of three. I don't remember the other Fantasia villains. There's a Firebird. Which I don't remember. I don't remember that one. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that was in uh, Fantasia 2000. Sorry. Oh, oh I, was, I, I, walked out, I walked out of Fantasia 2000. I, I never saw it. That's why I didn't. I felt it. bad. I was so excited for it. And I was just like, this is not that good. But then there's one more. So I... I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess, although I don't know. This one's so subjective. I'm gonna say Scar. No, okay. it's the Horned King in the Black Cauldron. Uh, oh, I've I've never seen the that. Black Cauldron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel better that you haven't seen it either. <laughs> but anyway, um, well, I mean, we've always threatened about watching it for this, so I've just always wanted to be fresh on it. But, yeah. Uh, so, um, Disney animator Andreas. Deja said he used Rom Bones as inspiration for Gaston. That makes sense. Yeah, so. makes sense. Yeah. Washington Irving. Richard accidentally sets fire to her notes on that <laughs> candle right there. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, Washington Irving, who's the person you know, wrote the short story. He also wrote uh, Rip Van Winkle and a bunch of other stories. Mm-hmm. But he's actually buried at Sleepy Hollow Cemetery in New York. Oh, he cool. like I think he moved to Terrytown at some point. I think he right? he he lived in Terry. I think he was grew up in Terrytown. Oh, he grew up in Terrytown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is probably yeah. where he got the <laughs> inspiration for the story. Let me see. Um Oh yeah, Johnny Depp ador- adopted the horse. Oh, after Christopher Walken was cast, he admitted cuz I guess part of it was like you need to know how to ride a horse. Christopher Walken's like, of course I write, know how to ride a fucking horse. And then he was cast and he goes, no, I don't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher Walken rules. Which is, yeah, he does. Um, let me see. Oh, Johnny Depp did all his own stunts for the final scene where he's dragged. Um, really? Yeah. And he had bulletproof clothing underneath his wardrobe, like, because he was dragging under the, I guess, so just for impact. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, like Kevlar, like, yeah. yeah, like. Which I thought was cool. Strong. That's funny. Good for him. Um, I guess Johnny Depp's known Christina Ricci since she was like nine years old. So like he was like bugged out about her being in love. Having to make out with her. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> creepy. Yeah, Because um, they are like 10 years apart, right? Huh? 
they were like 10 years Sounds apart, right? right? Yeah, 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 I'm sh- yeah, I think so. I didn't end up looking it up, but born in 80. Was... I mean, you know, that's pretty typical Hollywood stuff, especially for the time that the male lead is 10 years older, if not more. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think the only reason he was bugged out by it was because, again, he's newer as a small he knew child. He is <laughs> 17 years older than her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, When they had the uh, three-way um, axe battle fight with Ray Park, Johnny Depp, and Casper Van Dean, um, Casper mm-hmm. Van Dean, uh, Dean breaks his index finger on his left hand but oh, he just oh, like but again like and, and it's come up before in fact about how these actors just swi- quietly because they were all afraid they were going to get fired yeah you know what I mean so he just yeah quietly went about his scene because he was he was afraid his part was going to be cut if he told anybody that he broke his finger which like, like <laughs> which makes me so sad that these people would like think that and I'm sure they would be uh, Bridget, have you heard that in the scene where uh, the Lord of the Rings dude kicks the helmet, he actually breaks his foot and that's a real scream of pain? Sorry, on Twitter, that's a big joke that that's like the most obvious fact that everyone knows but can't help but tell us. (laughs) Oh, I'd never heard that before. I didn't know that. Who was, is it Vigo that did it? Yeah, yeah. Vigo did it. Yep. It's, anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Oh, it's funny. So I guess Tim Burton um, envisioned Johnny Depp's character, like why he's kind of different. Because I guess there was a character that was it. There was a Hammer Film Productions horror movies. Have you heard of that? Yeah, um, yeah. that's those are the movies that Christopher Lee played Dracula in. Oh, those well, Hammer movies. And this yeah. one, the, the, this one specifically had Peter Cushing and Vincent Price. And it was uh-huh. it was an adaptation that Roger Corman was doing of one of Edgar Allan Poe's works. So I guess whatever <laughs> one of the, the character that like that's where he got the inspiration for. Um, Interesting, yeah. How he's whatever. Winona Ryder was offered the role of Katrina Van Tassel, but she obviously turned it down. But I but I was like, I wonder why. We all know she would have done the accent so well. Yeah, she would have. <laughs> she would have. You know what I thought today, and I meant to look up a. I'm, well, I ended up finding out that I didn't have to, but I was like, wasn't she in that Age of Innocence movie? Isn't that English? But that actually takes place in New York, so it's it's fine. Because mm. I was like, I wanted to hear what her British accent was in that, but it's New York, so whatever. Right. Um. I mean, not that they had British accents in this, but it certainly was accented. Yeah. I mean, like, the British actors are just straight up using their native accents. Like, yeah. Like Ian McDermott and... Michael Gambon. Oh, what did she do in that? Oh, she did Girl Interrupted and in, oh yeah, she's like briefly in being John Malkovich. Um, I was like, I was like, what was she doing around that time? Christina or uh, Winona Ryder and like, right, she was in Alien Resurrection. So you're weird. That was before the shoplifting. Part. Yeah, that was like a couple of years before the shoplifting. The shoplifting was like two thousand one, and then she showed yeah. up in um, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, she was like in a bunch of small role shit, like because she's like in Star Trek, like the two that she's Spock's mom in the Star Trek yes, reboot yes. and stuff. Like yes. she's like shows. It's like oh, Winona Ryder, weird. Yeah, it's true. Um, Christina Ricci said on the Rosie O'Donnell show, remember that? Yeah, nineteen ninety six. 
that Christopher Walken was like super shy and quiet and wouldn't like wouldn't really talk to the other castmates. So they all had like the secret competition to see who could get him to say the most words. <laughs> and I guess it ended up being um uh uh Miranda Richardson because she just kept harping him with questions and he just That's kept awesome. answering her questions. So she ended up winning the bet, I guess. But I I I forgot about this that the 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 the, the, the scarecrow is the nightmare before. Like it was supposed to be the nightmare before Christmas. Like oh, you it knew is that, Jackson, but it Jackson, wasn't yeah. actually yeah. supposed to be. Yeah. Um, there are eighteen decapitations in this movie. Yep. Which is crazy. I, I will give this movie. It went fucking hard. Tagline was heads will roll. <laughs> heads rolled. A lot of rolling. Um, I didn't know like anything about Hessians. Like I didn't know anything about that. So for our audience that might not, I'm just going to tell you what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> so during the Revolutionary War, um, the crown, the English, paid for a bunch of like crazy like German soldiers to come fight on the side of the British and yeah and, and I don't know they I guess they were like nuts they were like crazy fighters um I mean as I heard this particular one wasn't in it for the money just for the murder yeah yeah sounds like that's what they all were but um there was in Merry Melodies in 1950, there was a short called Bunker Hill Bunny set during the Revolutionary War, which Bugs Bunny faces off against a Hessian soldier who's played by um, Yosemite Sam. So. But his <laughs> name out, is uh, Sam Von Sham in that. So. <laughs> That's so good. I told you I had another Bugs Bunny fact. <laughs> so I have a quiz. Okay, that's right. Okay. I have an easy quiz and I have a hard quiz. Okay. So, the reason why is is because this cast is like filled with people we all know who the fuck they are. Yeah. So it wasn't gonna like I did go through anyway like to the people that I didn't notice but like whatever but I was like no there's just people whatever. So yeah. some of these people have been in previous clamshell movies. <laughs> so Matt's gonna get that quiz and then Quinn's getting the harder quiz. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do the easy quiz first. Christopher Walken has been in a clamshell movie. What is it? Uh Blast from the Yay! Um Michael Gamden has been in a clamshell movie. What is it? I don't remember who Michael Gamden is. Dumbledore. This is why I'm getting the easy quiz. Uh Dumbledore uh don't recall. Do you know it, Quentin? I remember, I remember us talking about Michael Gambon and something, but I can't remember what it was. I'll give you a hint. Uh-huh. LL Cool J is the best thing in it. It's, it's toys. Fuck, yeah. Oh that's my right. god, you're he's, right. He is he's the fucking, wow. He's the fucking general. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Quinn brought it up earlier, but do you know the movie Jeffrey Jones is in? That clamshell did. Uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah. And then the last one for you is Christopher Lee. Movie have we covered that he's in, and he's fabulous in it. 
Can I get a hint? It was it was like very early in Clamshell. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pass. Quentin? I'm trying to go through our like super early movies. I don't know. I know, yeah, this involves me remembering 90 movies ago. Yeah. So. The last unicorn. Right. I skipped over it. I uh, so I went through all of our early movies and I skipped over <laughs> Last Unicorn in my head. I can't believe it. Okay. He's really good in that, yeah. I do have a question for both of you at the end. But okay. but okay. now we're okay. on to Quentin's hard questions. I don't know. Matt's questions are pretty hard. Yeah, I mean like, but it is the easier quiz. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it is, but they were hard. So you're gonna suffer, Quentin. Yeah. Fuck. All right, let's okay. do this. So Kevin Jagger is it Jaeger? Jaeger, Jagger. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to pronounce so it. So yeah. he wrote the screen story yeah. for Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. He was also a makeup artist in a uh, clamshell movie. What is it? Yeah, he uh he is the uh principal uh creator and uh, uh what what was the what did they use for it? Like executor of uh the the good guy Chucky doll. Oh, is that not what you had? Yeah, that's not what I had. Ho-ho! Um, shit. Uh, what else did he do makeup for that we did? Um, wait, was it makeup? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was makeup, so, so, yeah. so, 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 Kevin Yeager also did the makeup for Sleepy Hollow. Like, it's all like all of the creature and like body makeup is him. But he also his, did the screen story, which I had to ask also, today. What the hell that? And meant. he he was going to direct it. Um, and, and the, 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 the studio had like kind of like creative differences. So they like booted him from the project. Um, shit. I don't know. I don't I'm going to guess that I'm sure is incorrect. All right. Yes. Give it Matt. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just thinking of movies with like makeup and stuff. I'm going to go with Howard the Duck. No. Face off. Oh. oh, all right. Danny Elfman, obviously, Danny Elfman music in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, he yep. has done music in some capacity, whether it be performing or composing or producing or whatever music in three other clamshell movies. What are they? One of them is Big Top Pee Wee, yeah. right? Um, did he do something in Brave Little Toaster? No. Um, wasn't one of them recent? No. <laughs> no. I mean, they're not like all three movies are probably near the same time as Big Top Pee Wee. If that helps, you. like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I meant, I meant, was it recent in terms of us covering it? That's okay, what I mean. They're all the same, around. like the same time. It's, it's the same. Time period. Okay. Stretch gotcha. of stretch 2020. of twenty <laughs> twenty. We covered it. I believe. It's not little monsters. I mean, clearly one of them's gotta be untamed heart. No. <laughs> I don't know. One was I'm gonna hear it get mad. Oh, you're gonna guess? No, no, I said I'm gonna hear it and I'm gonna get mad. Oh, one was yeah. weird science. Right. Okay. And the other one was summer school. Oh wow. <laughs> Really? Isn't that weird? Was there there's like an Oingo Boingo thing in summer school, right? I think so. Was that yeah. what it was? Yeah. Okay. Um That's right. Chris Lebenson was the editor for Sleepy Hollow. 
Oh, what other Jesus. clamshell movie was he the editor for? <sighs> I told you these are hard questions. I didn't even look into who edited this, um, so I don't know. Uh, let's take a guess and see. Ninety nine. Oh, you got a guess, Matt? I do, just based on contextual stuff that Bridget had sent through text. Because I believe this was the case where Francis Ford Coppola, like Tim Burton didn't even know Francis Ford Coppola was involved until right. like an edited cut uh, showed up, right? So you're saying Dracula is your guess. I'm I'm wondering if it maybe is Dracula. It wasn't. It was weird science. Oh. Okay. No, uh, now the, this years. question is for both of you. So okay. either one of you can answer if you know the answer and then explain to me how. Is two trains traveling in different directions. <laughs> are Danny, do Danny Elfman and Jenna Elfman have any relation? Uh, not through blood, through marriage. Uh huh. Jenna Elfman is married to Bodie Elfman. Who is? Who who is Danny Elfman's or uh, who who yeah who is Danny Elfman's nephew? Yes. Ding 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 ding. Wow, nicely done. There you go. Woo! That was tough. <laughs> that, was that was a, a good, good quiz, quiz, Bridget. Thank were, you. Yeah, thank You're you. Welcome. Yeah. I think so. Oh, I guess we got to do. Uh, I guess we got to rate these things. I don't know how we're gonna do that. I'm just gonna say I, thermometer and then a, a, a one. Honestly, I was gonna say thermometer and three across the board for all of them because right. they all have different things that like like in the the rabbit ears ones he like beats the shit out of the kids and they're dredging the lake looking for bodies the disney one he's a straight up gold digger and katrina's not that great either yeah. uh and then this one's got like lots of bloody stuff you know to the yeah. to my point of like well it's a horror movie for kids like it's yeah. totally not it is an r-rated movie because there is lots of blood in it. yeah i uh i saw this when i was it came out when i was 16 so like i was like a shitty teenager so whatever <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. Three across the board. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Easy peasy. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you to Zero Science, our wonderful podcast network. We can listen to such shows as World's Commotion and Old Man Yell at Cloud and Jukebox Zeros and Hell's Musical. You can find us on the web everywhere at clamshell case files except for twitter and twitter you can find us at clamshell case you can find me on the web at quintron 5000 bridget where can i find you at lovely bridget 99 and matt at matt nonsense and until then next time <laughs> and until next time <laughs> <laughs> till that other time which is not now not now perfect I guess one final note, I apologize to our editor because the night that we're recording this, Salem is being peak Salem. Oh, so. I know. oh don't worry. It's October. I get it. You don't have to but apologize. That's Halloween sound. Yeah. 
Spooky motorcycles. And, yeah, lots of spooky <laughs> motorcycles. Scary fire trucks. And drunk people, like drunk girls. Yeah. Anti-vaxxers. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys heard that guy. Yeah. It was uh, shockingly clear on the recording, by the way. I cut it out, but I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Because I couldn't really hear it when we were recording. But like, it was just clearly like you're in the middle of talking and then I just hear, Joe Biden is a pedophile. And I was like, whoa. Uh, it's wild times but what three version <laughs> wow that was he like everything was like a medley. Goes by. <laughs> um but uh but what three version oh hey quick side topic feel free to cut this quentin um i will have you know because this is actually in the same sort of vein. Laurie was very shocked that I was not more impressed with the Dracula opening sequence with all the silhouettes right. and everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> we just have our secret sound. Laurie's right. <laughs> Thank you. Neuroscience. Um. <laughs> 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 hey, kids, do you like podcasts? Do you like Disney podcasts? Oh boy, then you gotta meet my super swell friends in the world of commotion. Join three Disney fans, Matt, Jared, and Danielle, as we explore inside and outside the Disney parks. Follow the guide map with us and rope dropping as we make stops at every attraction and create the ultimate Disney ranking list. The unofficial Disney list for cool kids who like good stuff, registered trademark. Currently, I've got security as number one. <laughs> I think it's, that's it's probably going to move. the best experience we have so far. <laughs> and dive into the latest and not so latest things with us outside the parks and outside the bubble. I do not wish to participate in your pool. Where is your observation area? <laughs> it's like two podcasts in one. So keep your hands, arms, and belongings inside the vehicle as you enjoy the mildest ride in the wilderness. New episodes of World of Commotion drop Wednesdays on the Zero Science Network.